Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Coffee and Comic Books, a podcast where we talk about comic books that are fucking sick. I'm Autumn. I'm joined, as always, by Rick. Hello. Uh, these comics are sick. These comics are fucking sick. What else have you been reading, though, before we get to Orion? Uh, so I wanted to read some Jack Kirby comics, and mm-hmm. I wanted to read some Jack Kirby comics I hadn't read before. So I went back to Our Fighting Forces from, like, 1974, I want to say. I downloaded the wrong issue first, but that was okay because it was uh, an Alex Toth, John Severin drawn issue, so that thing looked sick anyway. Yeah, I bet that was good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, so this is where uh, Jack Kirby's The Losers lives. Oh, Okay. Yeah, so it's just like it's like his version of the A team basically, which is like four guys that just do odd jobs during the wars. Okay, and uh, they are sick. The action's good, but they're also because they're American comics about World War Two, hella racist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet <laughs> this issue opens with a bunch of uh, a badly chosen color scheme on some. Asian pilots getting ready to draw, drive kamikaze airplanes, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, this is also, I believe, what spawned that other series, The Losers. Mm-hmm. The, the one that got a movie. That um, got a movie, right? I th- that sounds right. The Losers movie. This is ringing a bell in my head. Oh, yeah, I, Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Idris Elba are yeah. in that. Chris Evans is in that, right. That was, if I remember, if my brain's working right, it was Andy Diggle and Jock. Yep. Yeah, okay. <sighs> oh, yeah, but yeah, it's just fun war comics. And also, um, another thing that's been happening recently is uh, The Shrieking Shack started reading um, Hunger The Hunger Games. And Oh, really? Huh. Yeah, they, they moved from uh, what they were doing before into that now, and... I remember like a million years ago, uh, Jeff Lester on Wait What started reading that book series and was like, this is like a Kirby comic, just like condensed into like a book. <laughs> so got me thinking uh, about Jack Kirby stuff. I see how he gets there. I don't know that I would ever describe it that way, but I see I see the logic that gets him there. Yeah, it's you like know? pulpy and like big names and like action. Yeah, and very like broad strokes about like, Nothing specific political, just sort of the idea of, like, freedom uh-huh. and uh, control, which, you know, we'll be talking about a bunch more. <laughs> power, next... yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> what about um, you? Uh, so I also was reading a little bit of Jack Kirby comics. Not a ton, unfortunately. Um, much like last time, I mostly... I've been reading some Dragonlance. That's novels. I've been reading... Um, Hell yeah. I read a, I read the first Redwall book, um, but that's like hell not yeah, comic. <laughs> yeah. I the wrote first a Redwall book report book about Redwall. <clears throat> What'd you say? Sorry, I, th- I think I wrote a book report about Redwall because <laughs> that thing started when I was in like the right, the exact right age to start reading that. Yeah, I, I read. Um, I read like a couple random ones when I was a kid. Like I certainly wasn't going in order, and I just the the spirit suddenly moved me last week to. Uh, I just read the first Redwall book and uh I have the next couple on my phone ready to go. Um turns out you can just read a children's book in like a day, so it's not like a commitment or anything. <laughs> which which Dragonlance book was it? Um Dragons of Autumn Twilight, because Nora okay. is super into Dragonlance. I've never been a Dragonlance person. We I think we both 
read Dragons of Autumn Twilight together in like 2020 and then I didn't read the rest of it so I'm just gonna I'm rereading Dragons of Autumn Twilight so that then I can um go read the rest of Dragonlance Chronicles and then who knows maybe I'll move onward to Time of the Twins or whatever or it can be the comics they're bad <laughs> <laughs> Nora's got like Nora owns like two floppies of like very uh-huh. old Dragonlance comics like yeah. from like from probably like before she was born. <laughs> they're like I believe they're I believe they're like mid eighties, mid late eighties. Yeah. And like one of those publishers doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, but, but yeah. like it seems like maybe DC like has the publishing <laughs> rights to them now and like put them on comicsology in like twenty eleven or something like that, you know? <laughs> oh geez, yeah. One of those. Um yeah. Speaking of DC uh speaking of dc oh yeah yeah the so the actual the actual comic that i read um was because i'd never read um i read all of uh jack kirby mr miracle but i'd never read any new gods which obviously this is much more tied to like new gods um than it is to mr miracle um and so yeah i read the first four issues of jack kirby new gods um Mm -hmm. just um Got introduced to Inner Gang. Uh, got introduced to <laughs> Slig. I got to know the Black Racer a little bit. Um, it's pretty good. Um, there's like some iconic stuff I know about this series that I haven't gotten to yet. Like I have not gotten to uh, Darkseid being the Tiger Force at the center of all things. I have not gotten to the Glory Boat. Um, but um, yeah, it's pretty fucking good. Uh, uh, it was it was nice to get an idea of who Orion was in um like Kirby's conception of him before getting to know um uh Walt Simonson's um because um he's just cool. I just love Orion now. This is just my guy now. I just think he's cool. <laughs> um oh, he's easy. Yeah, he is he's cool. Should we talk about should we talk about the main book we're here to talk about that? Let's talk about it. Um so yeah, we read um Walt Simonson's 25 issue Orion series. Uh you can pick this up now pretty easy in um two trade paperbacks that D- DC put out in 2018 and 2019. Um yeah, this ran originally from I think it was like Early 2000 to, like, late 2002, I want to say. Something like that. Um, it was June 2000, yes. Okay. <clears throat> um, And, yeah, it's... I think we were we were talking... I, it kind of more or less breaks down into, like, four arcs. Um, So do we want to just kind of, like, go through each arc? <clears throat> yeah, sure. Uh, So, this is Walt Simonson off of probably one of the most meteoric runs of comics that's ever existed for like someone's mm-hmm. career and like just impact on everything like that Thor run is like ridiculously popular and it's influential and it's in all the media that touches Thor now like you can't avoid it almost it's impossible and a lot of the yeah. people that worked on that run are also here like John Workman's doing a lettering mm-hmm. uh, he has some help with uh, from Bob Wyzak and a couple issues with the inks there are two issues that he doesn't draw, which we'll get to later, which are fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was one of those is like a surprise um, buried <laughs> midway, <laughs> buried at the end of the issue, and I was so mad when I realized. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, the opening of this book is uh, a horror movie that takes place in a Nebraska a town, in Nebraska. Yes. 
It's like um, a Mason's Body Snatchers almost, basically. Yeah, and um, I'll say here at the top, it's it's so much fun going. You know, this this is no disrespect to Jack Kirby at all, but it was so delightful in this first issue of this series to go from reading um, Jack Kirby very like. There are six panel pages. There are four panel pages. It's very square, very regimented to, um, you know, even in this first issue of of the Walt Simons and stuff, it gets very loose and very like um, just the way in which he draws the 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 horror of this um, uh, anti-life stuff happening in mainline Nebraska. Um, it, it's just it just has like a yeah looseness that like Kirby would never do. And so it's very um it's a lot of fun. It uses the repetition a lot, like really well. Yes. Like those, there's a panel of um, there's a panel of a guy coming to a gas station, and the top panel and the bottom panel are the same panel, just with the car there, because the guy is just standing there when the guy when he, no one's there to work the gas station. Mm-hmm. It's really good. And then there's the one page, uh, the one page cameo of Dan Turpin in this issue is great because it's the only page he shows <laughs> up in, where he gets woken <laughs> in the middle of the night like fuck, they're back, and then goes back to sleep apparently. <laughs> Just so good. Um, and we're choosing to all of our main characters who, or most of our main characters, um, who are Orion. Mm-hmm. Who, okay, I guess back up. We should probably do like the basics. Yeah, we should. If you don't know who the new gods are, um, so. <clears throat> Jeff there is Kirby, Dark Side. There's Dark Side. Jeff there's Kirby High the Father. 19- They're on different sides. <laughs> yes, yes. They were at war, um, and, it, you know, um, High Father is, like, the king of New Genesis, which is this planet that represents all that is good and free and, um, like, life. Um, and then Darkseid lives on Apocalypse, um, which is, like, the representation of all that is evil and wicked and anti-life. <clears throat> and um, then they formed a pact to stop their wars, and the pact mm-hmm. was that they swapped kids, basically. And Orion yeah. went to New Genesis, and Mr. Miracle, or Scott Free, went to Apocalypse. Yes. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about Scott Free uh, and Mr. Miracle later in this series. He's going to show up. I'm kind of surprised at how little he shows up, but it does make his appear like, the bit, the role that he plays in this series, <laughs> I think, even more impactful that it is so sparing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Orion um, is... Like, the warrior of New Genesis. He is, like, the one guy who is... Because basically everybody on New Genesis, like... You know, they're all, they're all, like, mythical gods as superheroes. So they can fight. Light Ray or whoever can fight. But, like, Orion is the warrior. He is the champion. He is, like... He just wanders the stars and kicks ass. That's sort of his main deal. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we have so the other main ones is Orion's mom is Tigra, mm-hmm. and then um, so right before this series was John Byrne's series that followed up on Kirby's New Gods, and that series introduced some questions that were left open answered, which are played out here about who Orion's dad is, which we'll get into later. Uh, mm-hmm. And then beyond that, there is. Um, Darkseid's main lieutenants are always... It's always Desaad, and it's always Calabac. And there's Justine, who is Desaad's second-in-command. And then there mm-hmm. is 
well, someone else will get to later also. But those are the main ones for now. Yeah. Um, if this... you've seen Zack Snyder's Justice League, you might be familiar with Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf does not appear in this series, I don't think. <laughs> no! <laughs> Which is crazy, because, like, well, I believe, this is a real... I, you I believe Steppenwolf is actually older. Isn't Steppenwolf, like, Darkseid's uncle? Yeah, I think so. And he's, I think he's dead at this point, is the thing. I googled Steppenwolf and I got the band like a moron. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, and also um, it'll come up later, but like most of these names, like like Darkseid and like Hypho and all that stuff, they're like on the nose, but they're not like a thing. Like Orion mm-hmm. is the one that is like that's a that's a word that means different things in like different cultures and like constellations and stuff, and that'll come up in this too. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um so, yeah. yeah, we open on, um, <clears throat> in mainline Nebraska, um, Darkseid is up to his old tricks. He is uh, on Earth um, trying to find the anti-life equation um, in the minds of humans, um, You know, which, you know, pretty run-of-the-mill stuff for him. Um, and Orion is back on New Genesis, um, where Tigra has told him that Darkseid is not his uh, true... F- true father that like she'd had an affair with some random palace guard and that orion um you know was not dark side's uh son after all um uh and this kind of throws orion into like uh turmoil like emotionally and he sort of sets out over these first uh five issues he's like I'm going to find Darkseid. I'm going to talk to him. We're going to like figure out what the hell's going on here. You know, <laughs> you picked a real good time <laughs> because so, uh, Oh, right. This is also the second, the, the second issue begins with, um, the interest of another Kirby concept, uh, with the newsboy legion who show up for a brief bit of this book. Yeah. Do, I love these guys. I, I do they, not care for them in, uh, <laughs> in in the Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, like I don't really care for that book in general. But when they showed up here, I was like, "Oh look, th- those people I like." <laughs> yeah, they're like they're like the funniest. Like I don't know, they're like they're, they're it's t- t- you're two thousand, so it's such like a weird turning point where they're like so out of time, but like it's like quaint now almost. Like there's a joke in one of these issues where they're like, "We'll be the Newsboy Legion group or whatever," because they're talking about like news groups and stuff, and not like newspapers anymore. Well, trying, and they, they be... add one girl to the group, and so they're yeah, like, well, we can't be the Newsboy Legion anymore. <laughs> they're trying to be online with, like, streaming and stuff, too. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's a, there's going to be a thing um, later, like, maybe, like, issue nine or something, where um, they're, like, selling tickets to pay-per-views of a fight between <laughs> Orion and Darkseid. It's very good. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, the main bit of this is, like, there's a town in Nebraska who is resisting authorities and is all working in unison to like blow up cops and stuff. Yeah. They have like rocket launchers and like a news, <laughs> a news helicopter like flies over to sort of get an idea of like what's going on and they fucking blow up the news helicopter. <laughs> and then, so it draws the attention of Orion and it draws the attention of his mom. And then at the same time, Justine sends like a strike force of like suicide bomber, apocalypse guys to just kill his mom basically Mm -hmm. 
And then they all cl- they all run into each other in the middle of this Nebraska farmland. And there's a really great page. It's actually, I think it's the last page of issue two where uh, the town folk are all like approaching Orion with like their pitchforks and their like size and stuff. And then as they approach, like the, the you can see the anti-life equation like billowing off their heads is like fire and smoke. Yeah. It's really sick. It's so fucking sick. Um, the way all throughout this series that um, uh, the anti-life equation is going to be drawn is just so good. Yeah. Um, and um, from here, um, like Orion is getting into a fight with the townspeople, but mostly uh, just wants to stick it to the dark side, does not want to um, uh, like fuck with the townspeople um and so like goes into this huge evil lair that uh um <clears throat> dark side has beneath the town um seeking revenge for his dead mom <clears throat> um yeah. oh right because I'm, I'm i'm now just scrolling through the issues as we talk <laughs> issue three is is also the issue where um um tachyon who is serving in high father's place oh, yeah. don't don't worry about this too much. Um, goes Plot. to the source and it says, the source tells all the people of New Genesis, in peace to bear witness, all to apocalypse, in the fire pits a great warrior will fall. Um, and so, basically, this is setting up a thing that is not going to pay off until like issue five. And um, the, the thing that is so fun about this series is how much um, Simonson is like, setting stuff up that won't be paid off for a couple of issues, you know? Um, he's able to like, he's able to like lay tracks for things that are coming. Um, without, uh, without it feeling like he's just spinning his wheels. Um, cause shit is constantly happening in this, (laughs) you know, like there's like the one page of all, Oh, you all have to go to apocalypse to go see this thing. That's going to happen two issues from now. Um, but that doesn't, then the next page is like Orion is fighting and there's a tornado and he's swearing by the blood of his mother and the poor souls, uh, desecrated that he will get revenge and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it actually goes back to that Thor run, which opens the first like 20 issues of that run each contain like open with a page of like space. And like, there's some like like epic prog text and then the word doom as something's happening. And it just slowly builds over the course of all these 20 issues until you Mm. you get the reveal of what's happening out there. And it's all been like set up for so long that it all like clicks together and works, but the action is still happening on the page. So you're not, you're not always thinking about it too, which is great. Yeah. It's like, um, the letter column, the letters column on this, uh, on this book is a lot of fun. And, um, somewhere in here, like, um, Simonson talks about like he likes having mysteries and he likes having mysteries like some mysteries that are going to get solved because you know you have to tell a story and some mysteries that are just like well that's just a mystery for the sake of a mystery you know um like Orion like Orion is going to spend the next 25 issues questioning like what is the what is the purpose of life that's a mystery because mysteries are fun um you know why is the source uh summoning everybody to apocalypse um you know that's a that's a mystery because um stories need mysteries sometimes and he like balances the two things so well in this uh 
Issue three is also the first one where we get uh, the other running feature of this book, which is Tales of the New Gods. And this first one is written and drawn by Frank Miller. Um, who is just a few months away from starting um, uh, okay. Dark Knight Strikes Again. And you Actually, can wait, really so... tell... Huh? It's written by Simonson. It's drawn by Miller. Yeah, yeah. Most of the, most of the backup stories that we're going to get um, are written by Simonson and drawn by someone else. Um, and yeah, like, you can tell how much... Um, like Miller's style changes um, from oh, like yeah. the the late eighties, the stuff that I really like to um, the two thousand style. Um, I had to turn up the brightness on my damn tablet <laughs> to like read half of this issue, half of this backup story. But also, you like, like it's like more like it's all it's also more like cartoony and like huge. Yeah, and it's like it's very like graphic. It's very like. There's like shapes, but there's like no, no like definition, no like three dimensionality to them. Sometimes, mm-hmm. um, it's very cool. Yeah. Um, and then issue four, we're introduced to one of the other major characters of the book accidentally, um, <laughs> with Mr. William Bates, <laughs> <laughs> who is a guy from the original Kirby run, who Darkseid finds the antilife equation in. And the reason he found it in this guy is because this guy is a billionaire. Yeah, yeah. And then he gets ki- and he then gets killed before Darkseid can get it. <laughs> it's not subtle at all, no. <laughs> and then Orion comes down into the undercity of this Nebraskan town and finds this giant. How would you describe what they do to this guy? It's like a it's a clone of him that is like kaiju sized, um, and then it's got one of the like. If you've seen Apocalypse, like if you've ever, if you've ever read that one um, uh, two st- two page story where like Santa Claus comes to Apocalypse every year to fuck with Darkseid, uh, like <laughs> in the, the the fire pits that are all over Apocalypse, you know, he's got one of those in his head, <laughs> um, yeah. and there's like um, there's like Mobius machinery like jutting out of him from like every angle. <clears throat> And while this is happening, uh, Tachyon and the other force of New Genesis have arrived in Apocalypse, and everyone's like, why are you here? Like, don't worry about it. And they have <laughs> small super- skirmishes. <laughs> and, and who is it? Is it, is it Calabac that's just like, you know what? I want to find out why you're here, too. I'll let you stay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, and Orion messes this place up. Mm-hmm. And then Darkseid's like, okay, fine. Meet me here. We'll do this thing. Yeah, meet me in the fire pits. We'll go fight, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and the backup of this one is uh, Dave Gibbons doing a light race story of trying to find out who Orion's dad is. Oh, right. I forgot about this one. This one's good. Um, yeah. I, 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 just, I just love Dave Gibbons, you know? <laughs> Speaking of going from like Frank Miller, whose art has definitely changed from the 80s, to Dave Gibbons, whose art is Dave Gibbons. Yes. <laughs> and it's sick. <laughs> it's sick. Uh, um, and then we get to the issue of issues, which is one yeah. of the load-bearing ones of this book. Uh, issue five of Orion is like ten words, and then Darkseid and Orion fight for the whole issue. Yeah. Um, the father of Apocalypse shall meet his banished on banished son in the red lights of the fire pits. So it is written, so it shall it be. Um and then just the time for talking is over. And then it's just 
20 pages of fighting. <laughs> and so a notable thing about this issue is the top and bottom banners are the crowd watching. And I have mm-hmm. a lit, I have a partial list of people in this crowd. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Archie Goodwin. Mm-hmm. Al Milgram. Okay, I didn't spot... Archie Goodwin, I knew there were some comics creators. I think Archie Goodwin is the only one I spotted. (laughs) Uh, Etrigan. Okay. (laughs) Gold. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Hercules. Makes sense. Jack Kirby. Yeah. (laughs) Louise Simonson. Of course. Uh, A Manhunter. Oh, hell yeah. Man, Uh, Walt Simonson Manhunter, underrated. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Omax in there. Hell yeah. Uh, Superman. Oh, really? I'm surprised I didn't spot Superman. Oh, <laughs> uh, it might be Clark. I don't know. Uh, I haven't looked closely myself. Uh, this is from the wiki. Uh, Walt Simonson. Of course. And now here's where we get weird. Okay, Apocalypse, the Marvel character. I was gonna, I'm was i I'm scrolling through the issue right now, and I think I maybe spotted Beta Ray Bill, and I was like, but surely yep, there wouldn't be Marvel characters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Elric, the Moorcock character. <laughs> That's Icarus, the, the Eternal. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mark why did Gruenwald. Fly into the <laughs> uh, Odin, the Marvel character. Uh-huh. Uh huh. A Rose, another Morcock character. Uh, Thor, the Marvel character, and then last but not least, Robocop. <laughs> um, I I never did get back to reading that. Um, uh. Frank Miller, um, what was it? Uh, Robocop versus Terminator thing? Yeah. yeah uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's fun, yeah. But yeah, this issue is sick. And um, the thing about Simonson is that there are like there are a few schools of doing action in comics. There's like there's like the more the more Miller Daredevil style, which is like you show each panel and you show the movement or everything. And then there's mm-hmm. the other style of superhero action, which is just what if we have these two guys and we draw panels of them doing a thing and then ramming into each other at full speed? Yeah. <laughs> and that's more of what the Simonson thing is. We're like, Darkseid will make like cool poses, then flip kick Orion and then they'll go back and forth. But the, every now and then, um, he does like slow down and show you like three panels of like, Orion, yeah, yeah. like, flips and hits him with a stunner or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's great. We have to lovingly render the wrestling moves when the wrestling moves happen. And uh, two most important things about this issue is, one, uh, the beginning of the fight, Orion casts away his mother box as Darkseid sees his um, outside inf- interference in the fight. And the second one is that Darkseid cheats, so Orion cheats back, and that's how the fight ends. Yeah. In that Darkseid so goes to good. shoot him with his beams, and then so Ryan turns on a shield, and then it hits Darkseid. And did you, <laughs> when this happened, did you guess where this was going? Uh, I didn't... I assumed that Darkseid was not dead. I, I assumed that, you know, Darkseid's whole thing, his whole thing <laughs> is that he's always planning 15 steps ahead. And so I assumed that... Um, at the very least, this was like a contingency plan where, like, uh, if I think I'm going to lose the fight, I'm going to, like, you know, teleport out in some way. <clears throat> um, so, because you and well, Walt Simonson knows what you're here for. He's not going to kill <laughs> Darkseid, you know? He's not going to really kill Darkseid. Well, the um, other thing, he has a better scene of him trying to kill Darkseid later on, too. <laughs> yeah. 
sick. God, it's so sick. It's so fucking sick. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, Darkseid is dead, quote unquote. And then it, it moves into the next, moves the next phase of the book. Yeah, which is um, Orion trying to like sort out Apocalypse by himself. Yeah, this is such a good, um, cause yeah, like you killed Darkseid in, in issue five, um, and Darkseid, like, you know, he's obviously going to come back. He's going to be a major player in like the last, like the backstretch of this book, but they take Darkseid off the table for like a good long while in here and just sort of, um, like let Orion play out, like what would his life be, um, <clears throat> if he didn't have um, Darkseid to worry about. Uh, and it's so cool watching, like, he's just like, well, I will I will simply be the good king of Apocalypse, you know? Um, <laughs> and watching, like, Apocalypse do its work on Orion. Watching, yeah. you know, like, you are in Darkseid's fucking house. You're not gonna, like, not be his son, <laughs> you know? And to that effect, we're introduced uh, right away to Mortala, who is uh, Darkseid's planning all this to make this happen. <laughs> Dark side's bad bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh she's a uh, and she she's funny because I don't know how much she sees like page time outside of like this run and also um she'll show up in the back of in a few issues uh by Howard Shaken and her and the guy in it turn into like 50s characters for like half a minute which is the funniest thing in the world. Yes. Yes, she is like like they t- he takes the femme fatale of it, and it turns up to like eight billion. <laughs> <laughs> it's also, also this- it's really funny because she's just sort of like you know she's all ass and tits like bouncing around the comic constantly, um, and it's funny because it kind of feels like it's partly there because um, if she wasn't there, like everything that happens between Orion and Light Light Ray would be too fucking gay. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> when Light Ray shows up, she's like, "What is this guy doing?" <laughs> Later on, but yeah, she hates um, this guy. <laughs> um, that's also the issue where we learned that um, Jimmy Olsen was with the Newsboy Legion here, doing like recording all this for like posterity. And they get mm-hmm. back and they drop him off the Daily Planet so we can report his thing. And there, there's a page and a half of the Newsboy Legion and Jimmy Olsen being like, "So I got this." camera footage in my secret palm reader yeah but they're like yeah we know he did that so we're just gonna use our footage to sell it first so he can't get make money off his stuff it's like what is going on they're, yeah they're like undercutting each other um it's fun it's yeah. just goofy <laughs> there's a really good page of where uh Mort- just told her story and the last page of it is the last two panels are on her dress it's a really sick layout for that page <clears throat> Like yeah, page. I just, I love how much, um, he, like, experiments with, um, layouts and stuff through this whole series. Yeah, uh, she was a human who decided kidnapped and then turned her into a dark side person to have around. And her, le- one of her hands is death and one of her hands is sleep, is her whole deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, oh yeah, oh. So what basically happens in these next four issues is uh, Orion created a power vacuum by killing Darkseid, so everyone comes for Orion now. Yeah, because Granny Goodness can't stand him. Desaad can't stand him. Mortala can't stand him. (laughs) Kanto's fine with it. He's just kind of here being the assassin. 
<laughs> yeah, he's he's chill. Kalabak <laughs> cannot stand this MF. <laughs> no. Um, and we it's, get... it's fun because, like, issue six is like, okay, we're picking up the pieces, there was this big fight, and there's, like, one minute to breathe. But then issue seven is, like, Orion and Kalabak chasing each other through the, like, streets and sewers of Apocalypse, you know, like, um, like, Orion barely gets a chance to, like, breathe at all before yeah, um, it is just time to throw down again. All, all the breathing seems to happen in the backup stories, front, and the, the, the main issues cannot pause for a second. Mm-hmm. Like, the back of this uh, one is the setup for the Kalabak plot, where Desaad gives him a, a, a belt to help him get stronger, which definitely has no ulterior motive to that at all. Kalabak <laughs> is so dumb for trusting Desaad for even a second. Um, and that, that one's drawn a- by Eric Larson and written by Eric Stevenson, <laughs> which... In retrospect, is uh, yeah. There's a lot of people in this the back of these books that are like, okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, this, this as much as like ago. we make our peace with like Frank Miller being the way that he is, I re- I will not make peace with Eric Larson being the way that he is. You know. Yeah. Also, um, like Eric Stevens is the EIC of Image. He's that guy. Oh right, 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 right. right yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah. It's that guy. So um, yeah, th- it's all related. This also, this also, this backup story, it is a pretty decent backup story, I will say. Um, yeah. And it sets up, like, Metron um, hanging out in the Mobius chair, um, <clears throat> uh, just chilling, playing dark chess with Darkseid. Um, Metron, me reading, like, the first three or four issues of um, Kirby New Gods and just thinking, this guy's an asshole. They just put Mr. Fantastic in the New Gods. <laughs> <laughs> and then... <laughs> Oh yeah, go ahead. You, uh, Simonson, just being like, yeah, this guy's an asshole. This guy just like plays chess with Darkseid on the weekends. <laughs> Do you know what he is? Have you listened hmm. to Range? Uh, not uh, what's uh, Mages and Murder Dads? Have you listened to Mages and Murder Dads? I have not. No. So they have a whole thing in one of those one of those early episodes of that show where they talk about druids in early Dungeons and Dragons and how like if you think if you think about the druids for more than a second, they're like the avatars of pure balance. And what does that mean exactly? Other than like they're the most evil motherfuckers in the entire world, because <laughs> they're like they're always right in the middle, right? But right. only for them. <laughs> I mean, that's that's um, I think if I remember right, because apparently in first edition D anD D, um, like Gary Gygax just made a stat block for Elric if you want to have an encounter with Elric. <laughs> Moorcock's, Moorcock uh, put, sent, sent Gygax a de- cease and desist over that one. <laughs> um, but I think I think he... Because there aren't there aren't as many classes, because I think now if you were doing Elric, you would just make him a warlock. But I think he's like a 5th level druid and 10th level cleric or something. Really? In, that's funny. In that stat block. Nora was telling me about this. <laughs> that, that's funny. Um... But yeah, we go for we. So issue seven is a big fight between Calabac and Orion, as you said. They fight, mm-hmm. and then Mortal opens up the sewers, and they dive down the sewers. And they fight in the sewers, and the other thing we're introduced to is this is the DC universe. It's the year two thousand. It's Metropolis, but there's a place in this city which I don't understand how this happens called Suicide Slums. Yeah, which is yeah, I believe it's just a. It, I think it's just a Jack Kirbyism because like the Armageddon. The Armageddo is a thing in Apocalypse, so it's probably just riffing on that. But there's a yeah, lot of yeah. It does it. 
it feels yeah. very Kirby-ish, but it also feels like maybe we could have, you know, not. <laughs> yeah, like, we're going to get to, like, inner gang and, like, all these larger-than-life gangsters. And it just, it's weird, but... So there's a there's some there's a mysterious figure who is buying up all the buildings in suicide slum and evicting everyone from this these premises, and we only slightly learn about this through the course of these issues as everything builds up. And uh, the way Orang gets out of this fight with Kalabak is actually really funny too. Did, what, I'm trying uh, to remember how it plays out. So he he's about to get punched oh, by him, and right. then he yes, says yes, yes, he yes. says really loudly, "Desad, why would you tell me that?" <laughs> Decide you betrayed Calabac. <laughs> and then Cal turns around and goes, fuck it. <laughs> and then he gets the side to hit the button that he has to control Calabac, and then the fight ends. <laughs> yeah. So good. Um, uh, that's the last time Calabac shows up in this whole series, basically. I think so. Um, well, he gets put out to sleep by Motarla, and there's. There's a whole thing where that belt Dasad gave him in the last issue was like an addictive belt of strength that he would want to keep using more and more to keep getting stronger and more addicted to it. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, we get the we get the backup story, which is written by Simonson, drawn by Howard Chaikin, and is like this random mook who is trying to get one over on Mortala by like locking up her hands in a pair of handcuffs and then only locks up the one with death and then gets put to sleep by the one that puts people to sleep. Mm-hmm. Have you read any Howard Chicken comics? Not really. Um, my, <clears throat> I've been meaning to read Flag for a while. My first awareness of Howard Chicken was um, the controversial cover oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, that he did yep. a couple years ago. Um, yep. mm-hmm. I, I don't remember that. I don't remember that enough to um, yeah. really speak on it. But people can people can Google like. Howard Chaikin image, an image cover yeah, yeah. pulled or something like that. Um, it, it it was racist and fucked up. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. my recollection of it. And that was the first time I was really aware of him as like a creator, you know? There's a lot, there's a lot of, there's a running theme of like 80s guys who like get, they drift more to the right than to the left. Who could? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who, who would have thought? <laughs> like, yeah, that, that's, Flag is like, Funny because Flag is like one of those books that's like hidden behind all the books that are like super popular. Like you can see all like, oh yeah, Miller read this for sure. And like Moore read this for sure. And like all these people that the influence of the influence basically. Mm-hmm. But his style doesn't change as much as Miller's does, but it does get, it's it's interesting. What do you think of this little story? I, yeah, it's kind of, it's weird. Um... This is maybe my least favorite of the backup uh-huh. issues, more but just because I think the plot doesn't go anywhere, but also <laughs> um like like <clears throat> the second or third page of this uh backup is like Mortala like licks this guy's ear yeah. to, uh-huh. to tempt him or something, and I'm just like weird, weird, weird attitudes about women just fully on display. And not that the rest of this book is like good with how it treats women, but uh, it just felt so um, what the story was about that it was like hard for me to like deal uh-huh. with it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on, uh, the next issue opens with a flashback to all the evil guys going, "We can't deal with the Ryan motherfucker. What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then we get introduced to Desad's master plan, which is a lot of William Bates's. <laughs> So, 
he is he has you'll recall the big kaiju uh clone guy that we mentioned earlier Dasad has a basement full of like hundreds if not thousands of these clones um where he's trying to get the anti-life equation basically um and uh <laughs> orion gets in a big fight with them I, I, the important part is that like i think it's at the end of this issue oh uh, no it's not it's not till later. The 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 weird shit isn't until a little bit later. It starts well, here. Uh so uh or Mortala gives Ryan a father box, which is the evil version of the mother box from Apocalypse, because his mother box is not talking to him after the fight with Darkseid. And during this fight, uh there's one page where Orion's whole thing is he's connected to the astral force which is a power of the the source which is where everything comes from and he uses it to blast things with his astral harness and there's one page where everything goes completely haywire and then you flip the page and it's orion uh in front and then there's the anti-life equation over him and then there's a tree and Mm. it's so sick this page is so good the world of nowhere. Apocalypse disappears. The fiery ciphers of the anti-life equation stare down at Orion, filling the remote, indifferent sky before him. Um, <clears throat> he is centered precisely between the quick and the dead. <laughs> and then there's like, yeah, there's like dancing skeletons um, surrounding like Orion's helmet, which is like uh, encased in a skull and re- reflecting a like gray wasteland. I didn't realize. Um, the, the World Tree Yggdrasil is going to become a big thing, uh, like, <laughs> seven or eight issues down the line here. Um, yeah, I didn't on. make this connection that it first shows up here. This is great. Yeah. Also, I um, love whenever a comic artist wants to go, like, what, if, what what do we do in this with this side of this panel? Tiny skeletons. Tiny skeletons? <laughs> it's like the Magnolia uh, touch of, like, yeah, tiny skeletons. They're dancing. <laughs> tiny skeletons and Kirby Crackle. That's the other thing. Um I love it when comics artists are like, I've got some negative space on this page. Better just fill it in with Kirby Crackle. <laughs> so uh, the issue ends with his father box telling him about a giant bomb that's over nearby. So he just picks it up and throws it out at them all the base clones. Mm-hmm. He basically just nukes them into a new fire pit, which is yeah. his first like act as being in charge of Apocalypse is to blow a giant hole in the side of it. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> And then we get a backup by the one Rob Liefeld. <laughs> it's sick. I'm sorry, everybody. I just think it's cool. I yeah. don't even like the Forever People that much, but here, here are the by, Forever People. <laughs> it's written by Jeff Loeb. It's drawn by Rob Liefeld. <clears throat> Weird that it's here. Also, this is the issue that we talked about before, but it has the letter which Walt Simonson is... Uh, mildly upset that everyone is mad at him for not putting words into issue number five where they're fighting. (laughs) (laughs) So Um, uh, he has this paragraph in the back of this, which, oh, where is, yeah. This is, can I read a little bit from this letter that I never noticed before? Uh Um, I thought the first and last dialogue balloons were cute, but most silent stories grate on my nerves. I've only enjoyed some produced by Burns, Starenko, and Monch Galassi. Note the absence of Mr. Simonson's name. And then in italics, uh, <laughs> Simonson adds in brackets noted. <laughs> <laughs> He's so passive aggressive here. It's so good. 
It's so fucking good. It's the pettiest shit in the universe. Uh, but so the last bit of this this end of this email page says, uh, therefore, in interest of providing a service Orion readers deserve, I'm including below an appropriate selection of dialogue to be added to Orion 5. As the reader's discretion, in order to bring the issue up to the level of those literary expectations, these balloons may simply be cut out and pasted onto the reader's choice of panels in Ryan 5, or in the wake of Y2K, scanned into a computer along with the appropriate pages from Ryan 5 and pasted together in a virtual manner, thereby creating a comic less at odds with the sensibilities of delicate readers everywhere. And then the last line is, no, no, don't thank me. The look on your faces is enough. And the five <laughs> word balloons he put in this issue say, take that, you. No, you take that. Why I oughta. So you want to play rough, do ya? And this fire pit isn't big enough for the both of us. <laughs> it's the best. It's so fucking good. It's so fucking good, dude. <coughs> I love the pettiness. I absolutely... Because yeah. the, the letter columns... The thing I would tell you if you are... Um, if you want to read this, um, the two trade paperbacks that DC put out are are pretty good. Um, but I would encourage you to find however one finds um, the single issues of this because I think the I think the letter column source material, which is an incredible name, um, <laughs> adds so much to this book. Um, <clears throat> uh, I think that uh, Simonson is really insightful and thoughtful throughout this. Um, I like that he. I like that he includes the complimentary letters and the um, more critical letters. Um, I think most of the readers who are critical um, actually have insightful, smart things to say. Um, and then, yeah, every now and then uh, you just get <laughs> Walt Simonson pointing and laughing at the haters. <laughs> uh, uh, then we move to issue eight, which is where a lot of the plots start happening that are going to come up for the rest of the book. So it, it's Orion like freaking out and being having weird visions in his head of skeletons dancing. It is, uh, I... a... yeah. Hmm? The, the title of this issue, um, from the first page, the electro death of honor. Yeah. So good. <laughs> a lot of houses book are sick. Like, um, he has a thing for like making like a giant pun of a title and then, or, and then a no really simple, boring title underneath it. <laughs> like uh the one of the ones coming up is i believe it's uh dog is god spelled backwards or serious business because the dog's <laughs> name is serious yeah yeah so yeah this issue is like ryan like losing it seeing skeletons dancing in his mind um a kid from a subway station is abducted by a mysterious figure and electrified or something yeah we don't know what's going on mm -hmm. there yet um the further people are back from the backup from the last issue because that's usually how they go is the backups will happen and then the, the backup will be explained the next issue as they're like, yeah. oh, this is weird on New Genesis and then they fight with Mantis and etc. Then Orion shows mm. up and they have this sick fight over the water of like Apocalypse and the in the bowels of Apocalypse and he tells him that the Sod was the one who got him to do this thing on New Genesis to make Orion mad and then he just drops him in the water. Yeah. And then Lightweight um, shows up and was like, did you just kill him? It's like, well... No, but like... Mm, was he sick? He know. said something really funny. Where is it? Oh, it's like... Um, oh, who knows? Evil is notoriously difficult to kill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And like, you can see it happening as like, Ryan's also like, Ryan's a guy who, uh, for most of the run of Kirby's comics was wearing like a weird projector to hide his like monstrous face in his own words. Mm-hmm. And he like stops using that here. He like his mother box goes black and he sees, and then this issue ends with him seeing more dancing skeletons as he's like infused with power. Yeah, this is, um, there's a really slow build to this. That's really good. Um, and it's also kind of hilarious that it's a slow build because it's just like, huh, weird. The Astro first <laughs> isn't working. My mother box isn't working. I guess I should just take this father box from this random person I met on Apocalypse who's definitely trustworthy, you know? <laughs> we, should, we should also note that Orion is a himbo. Orion is a himbo. <laughs> He's not the, the, the sharpest knife in the drawer. No. And neither is Light Ray. <laughs> <laughs> no. The, the smart guy's on Earth with his wife. <laughs> who will come in later. <laughs> Oh yeah, and the next the next issue is that Cyrus issue where Orion is looking for Dasad, and he gets tricked to go into a giant cave by a Dasad robot. This is so cool. This is like, um, so so issue five is like one of the big high water marks um of this whole run, I think. But genuinely, this is issue ten. Like issues, I think ten, eleven, twelve. These are like the absolute high point of this. Um, the encounter with Sirius is fucking incredible, and everywhere it's about to lead us to is even better. Yeah. Um, so, so did... and we get like mm-hmm. it, to start this issue, like Orion, for the last couple issues, has been trying to be like, I'm gonna, you know, rule Apocalypse and make it a world of like peace and justice. Um, and you know, we open this issue on he is interrogating somebody trying to track down Dasad, and he is like, you know, torturing this person he's interrogating. Like the, you know, apocalypse is doing its work on him, and he is becoming more and more ruthless, uh, more and more, you know, villainous. You know, he's going to become like Orion is going to become the villain um, from here through the next like seven issues, I think. Like it's a long time before like we get Orion the hero back. You know, mm-hmm. from this moment forward. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, um, so, so Sirius' whole thing is Sirius is a giant dog that's in a labyrinth in the middle in on the in the bowels of like Apocalypse is a is they're called the new gods because there were old gods before them. Mm-hmm. And this is like the part of this the planet where all like the big statues and corpses of all those old gods are. Yeah. Like all the and. Pre- and- and oh, there's basically like this one minotaur, you know, Sirius is a dog, but it's basically like the minotaur in the labyrinth um, uh, who has just been trapped down here for millennia after millennia after millennia. <clears throat> and his whole thing is that like, um, he's the only one who can control life and death in this labyrinth. So which is mm-hmm. why he ends up helping Orion at the end of it, after Orion beats him yeah. and then decide tries to treachery his way into killing Orion. Yeah. Um, it's really cool because like, so there's the, there's an issue there there's the page of like Sirius coming up on Orion and like snapping his jaws. There the next the next page is a like nine panel fight. Um, the next two pages are both nine panel fights, and then Sirius is down for the count. It's just like two pages, um, and like we we haven't got Simonson doing like nine panels. Like he's usually going for much more like uh-huh. you know 
expansive spreads, you know, like like three panels on a page because like everything is larger than life. Um, and so to see like the granularity that that fight gets into is really cool. It's also where we're introduced back to what Justine's doing, where she has turned into she is impersonating someone on uh, New Genesis to get to incite people into fight apocalypse. Yeah, <laughs> that is her, right? She's, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. her. And she's like, um, <clears throat> she's like, it's interesting, like the, the, and we'll probably get into it more over the next couple of issues, but like, so like what the, the anti-life equation is, is that it like takes away your ability to make choices. You know, when, when, when you, the, the, the anti-life equation is like the, the removal of freedom and thought from a, from a person and, like, Justine does not have access to the anti-life equation, but she is able to do anti-life to the people of New Genesis just by, like, sowing the sort of seeds of um, not trusting um, one another and, like, we have to go to war, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and also she has, like, you know, um, magic technology that turns people into her puptoids. Yeah, yeah. That's my, yeah, yeah, that's the bigger, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, also, this issue has, uh, it's cutting back to Nebraska where people from the town are being taken to a hospital because they're all comatose with, like, the symbols in their eyes. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's all nice build up to what's going to happen in a few issues. As uh, Desaad goes for treachery and Sirius decides to save Orion from it in the last possible moment. Yeah. Um, it's so fucking... <sighs> Siri- I'm just going to read some some dialogue from Sirius, because it's fucking depressing, dude. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Walt Simonson introduces a dog just to die. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, uh, I have been a prisoner virtually all my life, and I am tired. Liberate me, master. Kill me now. I have been a monster long enough to recognize another, even a noble one. And I know you have the steel in you to free me. I am the Hound of Orion, and I ask his grace to be the instrument of my death. Um, it's like the dog is sad, and the dog asks Orion to put him down, and Orion is fucked up and evil enough that he's like, "Okay, I guess I have to put you down." Instead of trying to resolve this problem in any sort of way. <laughs> Yeah, and then the back of this issue is uh, Scott Free meeting the same dog and giving it a little light drawn mm-hmm. uh, by Art Adams, who you will know if you know Art Adams from um, Longshot and some X-Men stuff, which is where he's primarily known for. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this backup is incredible. Um, I think this is the first appearance of Scott in this series. Um, yeah. And it just is like... like Simonson and Art Adams do such a good job of like Orion Orion has like issues. <laughs> um and and Scott has issues too, but like his issues have turned him into a like fundamentally like kind person. Uh-huh. Um and like just yeah, his kindness, his warmth, um his care uh like comes through so clearly in this. Um it's such a good story. Yeah. He gives the dog a light and then leaves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he... The dog is like, I want somebody to kill me, but you clearly, you do not have what it takes to kill me. <laughs> um, and so the, the light that Scott gives him um, 
uh, is specifically like the light will shine again when somebody who is able to kill you comes down to the labyrinth. Um, and so uh, when we wrap back, you know, then when you wrap back to where this issue started with, uh, you know, Orion is wandering the labyrinth and the light comes on, um, it, you know, recasts all of that yeah. um, in a certain way. Good. And then we get to the big one. God. This, number... this might be the best issue of the whole series. This it's, might it's, be the best. It's up. There's a couple that are up there, but this one's up there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, this is the death of Desaad, number 11. And mm-hmm. Orion is pissed Again? about everything. He, he's pissed of everything that's happened so far. He's lost his dog friend and some other people. And it's all Desaad's mm-hmm. fault. It's all Desaad's plan. So he's like, I'm just going to go fuck this guy up. And he goes back and finds out that there's another fucking Billy uh, William Bates head hanging around. <laughs> and Desaad's like, okay, fine. We're going to turn on the anti-life equation and fire it at Orion at maximum power. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? <laughs> and so Ryan goes back to Nebraska and confronts the town of people that are throwing the anti-life equation at him. And he goes underground and finds the secret, secret, secret base room, which is underneath the secret base from last time. <laughs> it's also, uh, real quick, um, before he goes to Nebraska, stops by and Mortala is like, hey, what if I gave you like black evil armor that's kind of like what you had, but it looks a little more Rob Liefeldy. Um, he's got grenades on his <laughs> shoulder pads. And, and Orion is like, yeah, this is definitely not evil armor. I'm definitely, um, uh, I'm the deadly enforcer of discipline. <laughs> yeah. He's got like giant cans on his back too while he's doing this. It's hilarious. <laughs> yes. He's almost become like a Judge Dread kind of figure at this point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, this is also the point where uh, Justine uh, slaps Light Ray because Light Ray's a fucking dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> also, it should be noted, he is a character whose name is Light Ray and his whole thing is he can move at the speed of light. Um, and yet just allows himself <laughs> to be slapped like a chump. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. <laughs> and there's a page in here where, um, so Ryan's trying to bust into Desaad's secret fortress and Desaad's throwing everything I can at him with like giant bombs, anti-life equation, all this stuff. And there's a page where Desaad's looking at all his monitors and then there's the townspeople like, but the panels like sideways and yeah. the text is sideways too. And it's so sick because it built, it blows out the side into the next page, which is this giant beam coming down to smash into Ryan. Um, this, uh, this page is also cool because, um, it opens on Desaad is like looking at his monitor. Um, <laughs> there's a giant Orion on the monitor and he's like, before my very eyes, he is turning into red, red Orion as some of the ancient texts and prophecies foretold, blah, 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 blah. And he has already entered sub level seven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. And then, so right before Orion gets to Desaad, he gets smashed by this full power anti-life beam from all the townsfolk. And the way this issue or the way this part of the issue ends is so sick because <laughs> he smashes right at Desaad's feet, basically. And then mm-hmm. Desaad goes over to look to make sure he's dead. And Orion grabs his neck and breaks it <laughs> in one of yeah. the classic comic things of you just put the sound effect and no panel for that one. Snapped. Yeah. And then... Um. <laughs> Why, are, what happens why next? are Orion's eyes red all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah, do you want to describe what happens next? Um, so they hit Orion with a big anti-life beam, um, but he's been going through some shit. 
Uh, and he, in this moment, uh, goes through, like, you know, I make this analogy on every fucking podcast I do, but it's, it's, you know, the end of Evangelion stuff. He's just in the, you know, psychic dreamscape. Um, he sees the world tree and his life flashes before his eyes. And, you know, um, there's an incredible page. Um, <clears throat> oh, he gets the dreams of Darkseid. That's what it is. Um, like... We have given you the dreams of Darkseid. We have given you the anti-life equation. Use it well. You are a revenge against the living. It's so all sick. The, all the people in Nebraska, all the clones of Bates, um, everybody um, wants revenge against Darkseid and chooses Orion as the instrument of that revenge. You know? Um, Take revenge on everything. And then you turn revenge. the page and there's this incredible... It's genuinely like i'm not exaggerating here this is one of the best pages of all of all comics um like orion is like crying out in anguish he's massive on the page he's shooting anti-life beams out of his eyes and then like like there are like beams of black and white and color shooting out of him and all the black and white is like rendered entirely in kirby crackle and you only see orion in like the negative where the kirby crackle isn't um and there's just like the corpse of Dasad. Um, so do I make it cooler? Uh, yeah, it's actually the colors coming back in. He's pulling it into him. Yes, because the top three panels are the black and white, and he stands up and pulls the color back into him to make himself red in the bottom. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah, it's sick. It's so sick. And then he turns it's so around fucking and good. Reanimates Dasad. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's he's got all the power now. So what could go wrong? Um. Yeah, he just uh, he's got the anti life equation, and you know, Dasad is going to be his instrument now. Oh, yeah, um, this is the one with the next one has got the cover. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, anti life uh, is the opposite of freedom. That is like how um, Kirby conceptualizes it. It's how Simonson carries that conceptualization forward, and so. <coughs> To see Orion get the anti-life equation in issue 11, and then turn and see that the cover of issue number 12 is the most just, like, red scare bullshit. (laughs) I definitely, I had some reservations going into issue 12. (laughs) I was proven wrong. But I definitely I had some apprehension about where this issue was going to go, because it's like Orion um, on this, like, red background. Uh, everybody is, like, fist pumping, and it's like, you know, the ordering of Apocalypse. And it, y- <laughs> you have to see it to get it, but, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is very, like, communist fear-mongering. Oh, yeah, very much so. But th- thankfully, this is- the-, the series is more about just... Like the mystical power of the anti-life equation than is anything else. Yeah, it is not a specific enough to be political yeah. in that well, way. I don't think we're gonna actually. There's a funny bit in the John Byrne issue that I noticed this time that I didn't notice the time before, and it's hilarious. It's, it's hilarious in the fact that it's so okay. We'll get there. Um, this isn't the this isn't the John Byrne one, is it? Not yet. No, no. This is a uh, Simonson. Uh, right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is um. Cause, so this opens with a uh, dark side way off in the middle of nowhere, uh, drilling into the head. A long head, time ago. Drilling into the head. Oh, yeah. It, do you want to read that bit? Because it's very on on point about how it's not on point. 
space at the final frontier of the Promethean galaxy a long, long time ago. <laughs> what if we put them all together? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's putting um, a, tr- a, a device inside the skull of a giant that's latched to a giant rock in space, which is sick. Mm-hmm. And then he kills all the guys who are there who all like cheer for being murdered for keeping the secret of this plan. Also, Dark yeah. Side, has got this sick ass spacesuit on, which you never see because he doesn't. It's Dark Side. Yeah, yeah. I wish, I wish there was like a, um, like if, if Rob Liefeld was drawing this, you would have seen like the full like render of the sp- of the spacesuit that Dark Side's got on. Here, you just kind of get like bits and pieces of it. Um, it's so good, dude. So <laughs> Dark Side um, in a big bulky base spacesuit is all I want in life. Yeah. And then we cut back to Orion on Earth, and he goes up and resurrects everyone in Nebraska who died in the last issue. Mm-hmm. And How nice of him. Who is watching but uh, Billy Batson, <laughs> boy reporter. Drawn drawn like a Golden Age character. I love it's so... how he draws Billy so much. This is getting, like, so profoundly, like, late 90s, early aughts, like... <clears throat> There's shading and, and and lines everywhere, and you know we we talked about Orion has like the the big bulky like rocket packs on his back, um, and then just like in the middle of that to see sweet little Billy Batson drawn like Billy Batson should be drawn. <laughs> the next so page good. after that, where there's a there's the top panel is like Billy Batson looking at prof on profile at them going through the boom tube. He looks like he's out of like a newspaper strip from like the it's so funny. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. It's like it's it's as if CC Beck himself is like drawing Billy in this moment. It's so and then, good. And then he follows him to the boom tube to apocalypse. Yeah, Billy. It's also very funny to watch this child bu- jump into a boom tube. <laughs> yeah. It's also funny that his purpose here is to save Granny Goodness's life. Yeah, because that's what he ends up doing. He like sees this old lady jump yeah. off a, a cliff to her death and catches her. Because Orion uh. goes to the orphanage and orders uh, Granny Goodness and all her guards to walk off all this, the pits into the fire pits that she's been telling everyone else to walk off into for years. Mm. And they uh. all start doing that. And then he goes to the, the orphanage itself and tells everyone to be nice and free to everyone. Yeah. He, yeah, he... The, the, so, this is going to be like... Orion's MO for the next couple of issues of him possessing the anti-life equation is he will he will simply be a good king. He will simply tell everybody uh, freedom has come to apocalypse. Um, you know, uh, what what is it he says here? Uh, now let all repair to the mess hall, break bread together and be friends. Um, but he can't. It's not like Orion, you can't just tell people break bread together and be friends because you have the anti-life equation. And so you have like stripped their like free will to be friends away from them. You know, there's also a great parallels issue where there's a page where Orion is standing on a bunch of rubble, like talking to a bunch of people about his new plan for apocalypse. And then two Mm. pages later is Light Ray doing the same thing. But it's Justine who's also saying the same stuff from behind him on that same like layout of the page which is sick yes um and 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 the other thing is that both of them have like 
the left arm behind the back, the right hand raised, um, and it is like a pose that Darkseid does. Yeah, you yeah. know, uh-huh. like if Darkseid is giving a big speech, like this is the the pose that he hits. You know, and during all this, Orion comes to the the obvious conclusion, which is if the anti-life equation came from Earth, then I got to go make Earth make sense because that's the way to stop the anti-life equation. Sounds right. Sounds sounds, sounds yeah. good. Everything sounds right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So they go to Earth. Good plan. And then the backup issue, um, the backup in this issue is Jim Lee and Scott Williams drawing Darkseid showing up again in the book. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm really glad that, like, the story here is good because the art is stupid. <laughs> There's a page. Which page is it? It's uh, page 21 of 24 of this issue. The one right before uh, Darkseid shows up without the cloak on. He's holding a mm-hmm. goblet. In the dumbest way I've ever seen anyone hold a cup <laughs> in my entire life. He's got like the um like the base of the goblet, like pinched <laughs> between his two fingers. You're gonna spill your drink, and then my he man. grabs normally the next panel and drinks from it. Like, what's going on here? Like, uh, you would have to like to do that, you would have to like either put it into your other hand so that you could then grab it that way, or like drop it. <laughs> There's not a natural way from your hands to go from pinching the base of the glass to having it wrapped around it normal. <laughs> but so the the plot of this is that he's in the secret uh, neutral garden in the that I don't remember which planet it's on, but it's on one of the. It's planets. at the core of Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, it's like the secret green place in Apocalypse that no one has any powers on and they can't fight there. And he mm. sends off this beam that goes to the place where the issue started with the giant in the middle of space and. Metron hears that and figures that something's up and heads towards that signal. Yeah. Um, Metron, it's really funny because the way that Metron comes into this is he's saying, at last I've tracked the genesis of primal hydrogen to its source. Only Metron (laughs) could have, like, okay, it's cool that you found, like, the first hydrogen atom or whatever, but, like, Real things are happening, and Metron is just out in space. Oh, yeah. to, oh I'm going to find the original hydrogen atom or whatever. I'm so smart and cool. <laughs> and then we cut to the Pentagon. <laughs> and then we cut to the Pentagon. <laughs> and we're joined by uh, our guest artist for these two issues, which is uh, John Byrne and Terry Austin. Mm-hmm. And this is... I don't think I've seen John Byrne draw in this era before. But this looks pretty X many to me. Yes, I was surprised at how much I liked the John Byrne art in these next two issues. Um, to where I didn't even like the next issue. It's not you don't get credits until the end of the issue, and I thought that like Simonson had been back because like their styles are just close enough in these in this era. Apparently, that um, I was fooled. I wonder um, if Byrne is doing like a specific like Kirby thing with his art in this because he might be. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised because because they're both they're both so Kirby influenced yeah, um, yeah. that like if if both of them are playing it up a little more, um, you can you can see it. The thing that should have been a giveaway to me the whole time, <clears throat> uh, in across both issues, is that Burn is incapable of having like a a panel be like you know perpendicular. Like every panel <laughs> in this is at a, like a skewed angle. It's wild. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's like that one Thor movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the funny part about this, too, is, like, Ryan is so cheerful in this whole thing. It's incredible. Yeah, he's just like, I'm the good king of Apocalypse. Everybody, you know. Uh, I'm the god king. Um, Everything's yeah. correct. <laughs> and everybody's like, he's the god king. 
What and up, everyone, God kid? Yeah, repeats it to him, yeah. And so the part of this issue, so the giant is free from the meteorite. He goes to the Pentagon to tell him to broadcast a signal to everywhere in the world to tell him to turn on the TV on 7 p.m. so Ryan can make everyone under his control. Normal things. Yeah. And then we cut and, to um, Billy, we cut to Shazam yes. going to the <laughs> Justice League satellite to tell him to turn on the TV because it's a big announcement. He doesn't tell them what it is, though. <laughs> This is an incredible cutaway because the JLA in the Watchtower at this moment is Superman, Wonder Woman, Martian Manhunter. Is that Kyle Rayner, Green Lantern? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And uh, Plastic Man. <laughs> this is right in the. This is right around the near the end, I believe, of the Morrison stuff. If I want to, yeah, two thousand. That sounds yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah, this is definitely the Kyle Rayner, Wally West era of DC. But. Uh-huh. Like, John is in, like, complete 70s, like, Martian Manhunter look, too. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's burn drawing yes. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so the thing that happens is the Ryan comes on TV, and the cutaway is when everyone's like, oh, yeah. He's like, he, tell, he tells everyone in the world to to help each other, not do violence, and something, a third thing. And do no harm, bands, love each other. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't find what the third thing was, but there was one other thing. But, okay. So, um, there's a page where the Justice League... Lay down League... your weapons. Lay down hmm? your weapons. That was it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the page of Justice League get all this message. They're like, okay. So Marshmallow's like, I'm going to go fix this dam in China. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> Superman's like, I'm going to fertilize this place because it needs help in, in, in Africa. Good. Greenland's like, I'm going to disarm these nuclear bombs. Good. Plastic Man is like, these fruit pickers are on strike. I'm going to go pick that fruit so the people can sell like, money off of it. <laughs> Plastic Man is a scab. <laughs> it, I didn't see it the first time. I was like reading it, like holy shit, this is hilarious. Plastic Man is a fucking scab. <laughs> I was like, the good thing to do to help people. <laughs> yeah. I ha- <clears throat> um. um. But yeah, then it cuts to uh, Big Barda and Miracle and Man. Scott. Mr. Miracle. Um, I love the boy so much. Yeah. Um, and and these two seemingly question mark unfazed by anti life. Uh, what's up with that? Why why would uh why would Barta and Mr. Miracle not be uh taken in by the anti life equation? Who knows? And there's there's a page later on this issue which is Ryan and a crowd of people who are like praising him and he's got just. The most red eyes you could ever possibly. <laughs> it's yes. so good. And then uh, the next also, like, <laughs> it's good. Yeah, what, go. one quick thing is that in this issue with him, because uh, he's not, he's taken off his helmet as he's addressing everybody. And in this moment, I think he looks an awful lot like Matt Murdock. Put a pin in that. We're going to come back to it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, yep. Um, so then uh, the end of this issue is a backup by Simonson this time because he didn't draw the main part of the issue. And it's just everyone getting their weapons ready for this war that's going to happen because everyone's mm-hmm. everyone's meeting up on Apocalypse again. Yep. It's going to go real good for everybody. <laughs> the giant shows up and like is big and everything's big. But mm-hmm. it ends up not being a threat because Orion has the intellect equation. So he just sends the giant off into space to s- spread his message. But what he learns during this is that um, he didn't know the giant was coming because no one was told to tell him if something was coming to, to stop him. Yes. <laughs> Everyone was just like, be good. So I was like, okay. But no one told him that the giant was coming, which is great. Yeah. It's also, um, 
it's also great because um like two issues prior in like the Jim Lee backup, I think. Um or it might not be the Jim Lee backup. It might be something else. But somewhere in here, Darkseid is talking to Metron and is like, oh, I didn't give Orion anti-life to, to test him. I gave Orion anti-life so that I could test my big giant guy. <laughs> and like the, the reveal that like, yeah, I meant for all of this to happen so that I could see if my big giant out in the out in the middle of nowhere uh, would work is such a good reveal. <laughs> it's great. And then uh, Ryan, by being this giant, figures out that, okay, something's going on here. Mm-hmm. This giant doesn't show up by itself. And he's like, okay, yeah. my dad's not dead. Yeah, We're only fi- my dad could have come up with this giant. <laughs> and the back of this has my favorite panel, this whole thing. Which is um, Metron Darkstar are talking about Orion taking over the, the uh, galaxy, and it's the title's Frankenstein's Legacy, and there's a caption in it where Darkstar is like, Darkstar and Orion side by side. What need would there have been for the anti-life equation? The father-son equation would have sufficed to conquer all. And the two <laughs> of them because we haven't their, really been explicit enough. <laughs> yeah, the two of them have their hand up, and like it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Um, also, Darkseid uh, threatens to kill Metron in this moment, and I was like, what if he did, though? <laughs> yeah, what if, what he, if did? he did? But he needs them, because they're going to make a fake Black Racer. They make a fake Black Racer! <laughs> yeah! And then we get to the other... The Fuck, this issue is so good. This is this is the other uh, potentially best issue in the whole run to me. Um, unless... No, there, there's, a, there's a couple coming up that are like... So 15 is... Um, Everyone meets on New Gen or Apocalypse. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. And everyone's uh, like, yep, my dad, Darkseid's alive. Where is he? And no one knows. So Orion sends out um, Light Ray to go find him because Larry can do the light thing and find people. Mm-hmm. And their, their, their bad racer clone runs out of juice too soon so they can't use it. Yeah. <laughs> and the but the best bit of this is... Um, Darkseid and Metron are saying they're going like, okay, we we gotta go retrieve this thing so no one finds it. It's like, can I take your chair? And he's like, no, you, I can't give you my chair. So can you go get it? <laughs> it's like, my chair. <laughs> so they go together, which then, but they both get <laughs> caught because they're morons. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing that Darkseid's ever done. <laughs> well, because they can't trust each other, just leave with the chair and just go off into space to like do weird science forever. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the moment where Light Ray sees them and then it's like Orion's like yells at them with the anti-life equation to show up. And then there's a page where they both show up here and it's so sick. Yeah. This, this whole this, this this last bit of this issue is just like it rules because it's so good. It's Orion asking Darkseid all the questions he wants the answers to, and like basically like listing off all of his crimes as being around forever. Mm-hmm. And in the background, someone's putting on the de- the Black Racer costume, and we don't know who it is other than they have green gloves. Who could it be? Who could it be? Oh, also... I, I, I actually, I didn't get it until um, the end of this when uh, you see the big collar later. Um, yeah, yeah. I genuinely was like, green gloves, green gloves, who is this? And I felt so stupid when I realized. But yeah, there's a whole, like, this is a big, like, lore dump history issue of, like, all Darkseid's crimes throughout all these... Jack Kirby comics and John Byrne comics and like 
different comics. Mm-hmm. And then Orion manifests because Darkseid has this thing where the uh, the person who kills him gets like cursed, or like as he a says, thousand generations or something. Yeah, yeah. So Orion summons a apocalyptic like gun out of nowhere and gives it Darkseid and tells him to very, very, very slowly put it to your head and blow your head off. And the page where he does this is so sick. It's it's like nine panels of like he's holding the gun, he's like trying to resist put putting it to his head. It's just like nine panels of the of the gun slowly going to his head and just and like the, this extreme close up on his hand. And the panels get um, smaller and smaller too. Yeah. They're long and then they're small and they're square. And then he goes, he's about to pull the trigger, and then everything explodes as the black racer is here. <laughs> um <clears throat> Uh, and the the black racer is just like I I'm the black racer I am not affected by anti life, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which um I don't think is actually true of the actual black race I don't, we don't we don't know I don't think that I don't think that's true of the actual black racer but that's not who this is you yeah, know? yeah so they have a fight and then the black racer leads Scott or leads Orion into what's known as a doom tube. <laughs> Which is a good name. <laughs> it's so goofy. And um, is that this is like the forty page issue, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the big. This okay, is a big okay. fight after a big fight, and then um, there's a page which is one of the more famous ones of this issue, which is Darkseid looking out at this doom tube that Ryan just flew into, and there's he he's single tear as he looks to the crowd, and then Decide <laughs> falls over dead because he's dead again. Um, <laughs> it's a good page. It's really good. Also, it's just funny every time Dasad dies. <laughs> yeah, he just like falls over. It's like okay, and then Darkseid's like, "Yeah, you guys can. I don't want anyone else to die today. So everyone get out of here." Yeah, um, it's like the this whole crowd of everybody on Apocalypse, everybody on New Genesis, and Light Ray is the one that steps forward, and Darkseid um, is like, "This is the only person who is going to extend me any kindness on your on both our worlds." Okay, um, well. You're all spared. <laughs> yeah. And we cut to the mysterious figure taking off the Black Racer armor, and it's a guy with a big green cloak. Who could it be? Who could... Who wears the biggest green cape and biggest <laughs> green collar? And, the, and then Orion smashes into the foot of this tree. The world tree? Yggdrasa? <laughs> <laughs> Any stories with that in it? <laughs> <laughs> um... Right, and then there's the John Paul Leone backup too, right? Yeah, this one is <sighs> sick. So this is uh, wow. written by Kevin McCarthy and drawn by John Paul Leone with lettering by Workman. And uh, all, the, all the issues are, I think, are colored by Tatiana Wood, I believe. And this is I a, think there's a different color early on, but I could be rem- yeah, misremembering. Um, so this is the story of uh, Canis Major, who is one of the dog soldiers, uh, get it? And <laughs> Canis Minor, <laughs> his son... And how his son is uh, an artist, and his dad wants him to be a warrior. And then his son turns out to have learned how to be a good warrior, too. And then he takes his conquest in battle and turns it into a giant sculpture. And then Darkseid's like, well, fuck. <laughs> and then it's, uh, we can't have thinkers in my army. That's not what we're here for. <laughs> um, I disagree. I much prefer the the father. I need soldiers, not thinkers. This art is more dangerous than any bomb. Kill him. See to it personally. Sons have always plagued me. No subtlety. No, no subtlety. Not at all. 
And we get back to this later on in the story because Candace Major shows up in this book, but his son does not. Yeah. Sick. And then we cut to the new character of this run, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is like one of the first major new characters. Um, Cain from the Bible. Yeah, also known as Clockworks. <laughs> yeah. So this um, issue also opens on a double-page spread of a giant tree and a poem. Oh, I, I take back what I said a minute ago. I yeah. think this is my favorite issue of the run. I, th- it, I think this or issue 10 is my favorite issue of the run. This is the this is the good shit. <laughs> this one and the next one are so... Oh, they're so good. So this, this issue... Is, these two are basically a two-parter. Yeah, yeah. You know? this, this issue is basically... So Orion lands in this place and has no idea where he is. And he's like realizing slowly that he's like, I tried to use the evil equation for good like a moron. Yeah, like I used anti-life, the the thing I am sworn to like not use and like try to defeat, you know. And while this is happening, there's there are insert pages of a background of like plants, and then there's a square, and then there's eyes in the square, and then there's more eyes yeah. in the square, and then there's yeah. It reminds me of that thing you showed me, like uh, I think our first or second issue of that vampire comic with Dracula with a bunch of eyes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what's fucking what's it called? Uh, Dracula motherfucker. Yeah, because this is just like <laughs> I a big the thing title, of teeth. Dracula motherfucker. Yeah, this is a big thing with teeth. It just has like a billion yellow eyes above it. Mm-hmm. And so we learn. Well, dark, we don't learn this for a while because Ryan has to fight through a bunch of like things out here in the plane, which are like people and like weird people. Like I don't. There's references going on here that I don't. I don't know myself personally. Yeah, there's definitely like um there's like in like, in this There's a guy in a suit. This, Who is that guy in a suit? I don't know. I don't know. It went over my head too. Uh I'm going to go I'm going to talk about the issue for a second. I'm going to look it up. Well, just all through this um whole series like Simonson is weaving in like other mythologies um is playing around with like the new gods are a mishmash of you know, Greek gods, Norse gods, um, you know, uh, all sorts of new things. Um, and here is like the place where everything is really coming together in a big way. And so like, yeah, there's like, like the other thing is that the villain of these two issues, the Ecruis is like, a, is a, I assume a mythological reference that I just wasn't picking up on. Um, <clears throat> you also get in here, um, Mr. Miracle, um, now, now you fully see his whole face, so um, mm-hmm. it's like incredibly obvious that it was Mister Miracle who posed as the Black Racer in the last issue, um, and he goes to this big wall out in space where like the the High Father is buried, and he's just screaming at like his dad, his dead dad's tomb, um, all the questions he has um, about like. Uh, have I broken my oath even in this defensive action? Did I do the right thing? Will I ever know? Um, I love Scott so much. I love him so much. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I'm scared to read that Tom King Mr. Miracle series because I hear it's good, but if he fucks up, I don't trust Tom King. You just Tom don't King have to. At all. Yeah, I just don't have to. I just don't have to. I just hear it's good and it makes me wonder uh-huh. sometimes if I should check it out. You know? Kind of, kind of, I haven't gone back to Seven Soldiers in a while. <clears throat> yeah i haven't gone to it i i it's seven soldiers and when did i read it long time ago 
long time ago. I think maybe it was like, I actually I don't know that I have read Seven Soldiers. Maybe I have. I don't know. This I don't is, know. This is also where um, Metatron shows up, where Scott dropped the armor off because he's like, I'm not. Come on, I'm not a more. <laughs> I'm not. I wasn't born yesterday, even though I'm an idiot. I'm, I'm an evil motherfucker. <laughs> my robot broke. That was not my yeah. robot. <laughs> yeah. So he's on, um, he's on the case for the rest of this comic, basically. It's really funny because Metron is going to spend the next, like, ten issues almost, like, tracking down this one lead. And it's like, dude, like, you're Metron. I feel like you should have put this together a little quicker. <laughs> well, we, 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 we cut to him in the next issue, I believe, or one or two issues in the future. And he's, like, analyzing the soil of that area of the park in New York. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's like, come on, guy. <laughs> He's, like, so concerned about all the details that he's missing the obvious ones. <laughs> yes, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and so the Orion makes it to this tree, and underneath this tree is a giant god locked up in a giant piece of machinery. Mm-hmm. And there are some incredible panels here. Like, there's one of just the guy's eye looking down at Orion. There's, like... And we learn that this is the guy who committed the original sin of murder. <laughs> um, And he... And, and, and like... So this is Cain, and after Cain is, like, cast out, um, he ends up at this, like, place at the edge of reality, um, where he is, like, sort of nurturing the world tree, and he's, like, making the sunrise and the, uh, you know, uh, stuff like that every day, um, and eventually, um, it had no name, but it is called the Ekuros, the negation of all that is, the great enemy of the source itself. Um, and it's like this evil entity like comes out to to see him and chains him up, and he's like, "Well, you know, the I could escape, but I'd have to kill um, the 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 thing that chained me up here. And I've I did one killing one time, and that's enough for me. And Orion's like, "Don't worry, I'm real good at killing. It's kind of the only thing I know how to do. So I got you, bud. Don't worry also, about it." <laughs> uh, this issue, issue sixteen, is dedicated to the Eternal Champion, the Michael Morcock series. Yeah, which might be who those um, characters are in the, in the in the field who are not demons. Maybe. Oh yeah. There Let me see mo- if I can like, spot an Elric out, out here. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know what Ekros looks like or or uh, Corum, but I might, I might spot an Elric here. There's a guy um, who looks like he's like a British fighter pilot from like the 70s who might be like, right? Like who? Yeah. Is, I don't know, but yeah, it's dedicated to eternal champion, so it's probably that kind of stuff. And then mm-hmm. the also the pages of the Ekros breaking out of its little cage every few pages is like sick as that box gets bigger and bigger and bigger as everything else shrinks away then it explodes in the last page it's all of the great wall comments and foreshadowing that we all come to love and then it just isn't it's all throughout this run in different ways yeah it's so good and then um number 17 opens on um a planet getting vaporized out in the middle of nowhere because this is starting to happen and the world is ending yeah, uh, uh, like one tiny branch of the world tree like falls off, and then you cut to like at the furthest corner of the galaxy, like this planet of people and like their sun blowing up. Um, uh, and then uh, 
because because as I've mentioned so many times on this podcast, I love Walt Simons an alien comic, and so uh, in space when a sun explodes, nobody screams for very long. Huh? I wonder if that's <laughs> maybe a reference. <laughs> yeah, that page also has like a panel that's just like a psychedelic star in the middle of a panel for no for. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, just there. there. It's just a sort of like design element, you and know. The next page is Orion, like shadowed and it looks. Oh, he looks so. so <laughs> I love this shit so much, dude. This is yeah. just this is some of the best stuff we've ever read for this podcast. And then Orion's like, okay, I guess I I did the thing. I was the hero. I became evil. So now I got to go fix it by killing myself, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're I have in. to sacrifice myself like a hero does. You know. <clears throat> and so um, and his eyes are still red through all this too and yeah. so it's just so cool so he just goes and starts fighting all the, the demons he was fighting earlier <laughs> one of them his mom who is taking the form of his mom to like throw him off and then mm-hmm. he's he's funny because he's getting beat up by like all these like shadows of the main thing he's like what am i doing why don't i just yell at the fucking thing with my anti-life equation yeah <laughs> the equation of course <laughs> it's like, ryan yeah, as we've established is a bit of a dumbass He's we all love him so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also get in here another um, Walt Simonson like lovingly rendering a wrestling move. <laughs> oh yeah, they're sick. Um, there's uh, there's a bit where, th- and also like the way like he like opens his mouth and there's a symbol inside his mouth and then the symbols come out and circle him and then they're around him like a crown. Well, and he's like. He's like, basically, like, Ekaros, come out here, because if you don't come out here, I can use anti-life to end the fucking universe right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'll blow up the universe. I don't really care anymore. Come out here and fight me. <laughs> so this demon comes out of this hole, and it's just a mass of, like, color. Mouths and, and eyes and color, yeah. And teeth, yeah. And it smashes <sighs> down Orion, and there's a big black pa- panel on one of the pages, and then... Um, Ryan's like, oh yeah, right. This thing is the end of all chaos and I have the end of all order. What if I just smash them all together? <laughs> and the pages that um, come from this are fucking sick. <laughs> yeah, like Orion's mouth like stretches into like eternity um, and his eyes get bigger and bigger. Um, <clears throat> may Orion's gift be your absolution and your complete destruction as it was mine. <laughs> It's so, and his eyes turn back to blue. Oh right, and then we get the 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 color rushing in and the black and white going out yeah. again. Um, yeah, it's callbacks to the earlier issue. Yeah, yeah. And then um, we cut to uh, the Brainiac Five planet uh, Kolu, which is about to be destroyed and isn't. Yeah, which everybody, is, <laughs> nice everybody's reference. like, it's the end of days, huh? <laughs> yeah, and then we cut to the tree, and it's all good. Yeah, there's also um, so many. We've not talked enough about John Workman here, so I just wanted oh, yeah. to say I do love the boom crash pathram brachadoom. If you want to <laughs> see like hand drawn, uh, epic special effects, you look nowhere other than John Workman. He does the best. Yeah, they're sick always. And then the last. The last page of this issue is incredible because it's the world tree is doing fine. There's birds flying. Everything is restored. Next issue, Homecoming, the return of the prodigal. Will there really be a next issue? Is Orion truly dead? (laughs) Can the Cubs win the pennant? (laughs) Which they have. (laughs) It took them uh, 16 more years, but they did do it. (laughs) 
And then we, the next issue opens with the Green Lanterns. <laughs> is, this is the only good Green Lantern comic ever. <laughs> I love this guy so much. He's sick. He's the Green Lantern of Apocalypse. He's the coolest guy in the fucking universe. So there are two good Green Lanterns. One is this guy, and one is also in the Legion of Superheroes. So they're all in the future, and they're all in space. Like, get them out of the away from the Green Lanterns, and they're good. Turns out, <laughs> if you take out, I've the, never read any Legion. Should I? Uh, there's some really, um, so the the bit of Legion I'd recommend is like, I believe it's like a hundred issues of like it's it's a lot. <laughs> That sounds right. <laughs> so the so the thing about Legion is like Legion, Legion was the biggest book before X Men became what X Men became. Okay. Like Paul Levitz and Keith Giffen, they turned that book into like people were like, "Oh, X Men's going to have two comics. They might be as big as Legion." Like that was what people were talking about. What the comparison was. Okay. Like this, okay. this thing was like huge in like the soap opera, like twenty characters bouncing on each other kind of way. It's sick. Okay. And that's also where a lot of the other good dark side stuff is. Like the, that that side of DC is really cool. And I'm gonna talk about it later in the one of the more uncomfortable ways it's sick because or it's not good, because one of the big arcs of it that I like a lot, it features um do you know who the dominators are? Don't Google this. Mm. I, d- I don't. Okay, so I'm going to show you a picture of the Dominators, and you'll see what I mean immediately, because uh, <laughs> uh, DC has some, um, or comics, old comics have some hang-ups, and this is probably the most blatant thing that I could show anyone and be like, see? This is a problem, and um, this is also a thing where you see it as a kid or like younger person, you're like, I don't know what the problem is, and you see it now, and you're like, how did they get away with this shit for so long? Okay, this is what Dominators look oh, like. Oh, no. Oh, buddy. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, oh, no. And they're like... <laughs> Listeners, this... if you don't... <laughs> I'm probably not going to include this in the show notes, Um, but it's just a gigantic yellow man with a, a red dot on his forehead uh, that just... <laughs> uh-huh. I don't... I don't... Yeah. And they're the, like the secret okay. spy masters of one of my favorite parts of Legion of Superheroes, which makes it really awkward. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they're just they're uh, like comics. Yeah. Comics. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Comics. Why? Uh, but yeah, Legion's fun. Um, but yeah, this is a uh, racker who is um, they, uh, <laughs> the guards of the universe sent a bunch of Green Lanterns to um, Apocalypse to clean it up, and Darkseid crucified most of them. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like okay we're gonna stop sending guys but you gotta leave one guy there to be like the cop on apocalypse and he's like it's so good it's like fine i guess like have one guy i guess like what's he gonna do yeah and then we cut uh, back to the tree and um the god cuts himself down because his enemy's dead and he saves orion because orion's still alive Mm-hmm. And then we cut back. But to... he's like comatose now. Yeah. He's like wrapped up in the fetal position. And he sends him off to his home. And we cut back to Apocalypse, where um, this is a. Gr- I love this story though. This issue because it's um, it's Candace Major from the backup from earlier, who is talking to his boss or his his dispatcher on the call, going like, "There's some fucked up stuff happening here." And the guy's like, "Are you sure about this? You're just pulling my leg." And we see pages of like Orion just like mucking up all his team and like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And like the Green Lantern shows up and deflects a bunch of blasts, and the guy's like, "What are you talking about?" 
And then Darkseid- Orion can't be alive. <laughs> your guys clearly just died, and you're blaming some made up bullshit. And then he, um, and then he sends like um, the fire belchers because uh, they're like, well, if he's right and Orion's there, the fire belchers will take care of it. And if he's wrong, fire. it'll you know wipe any evidence. So yeah. who cares? <laughs> and then the Green Lantern shows up and is sick because he's like a guy with a Green Lantern like headband wearing a big cloak. Like a Jedi. Mm-hmm. He is basically like yeah, a Jedi. Yeah, he's a goddamn Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Which is, if you're going to make a good Green Lantern, you might that might be a good place to start, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Which Jedi is and Hal he's, Jordan? He's been, he's been stranded on um, Apocalypse for centuries, and so he can't recharge his, his <laughs> um, ring. And so he's been keeping his ring in, like, a time bubble, basically. And he knows, like, I've only got, like, three minutes left of, of usage, you know? And uh, I have to spend one of those minutes, like, interrogate. <laughs> he interrogates the father box. Look, uh, The father all, box tells the story. We've all been out of our home and forgot to charge our phone and been on, like, a subway. And it's been, like, 10%. And we're like, <laughs> can I get home with this music on before my phone's out of battery? We've all been there before. We've, we've all turned on the power saving and are like, okay, uh, I don't need the NFC on. I do need the Bluetooth because I need my headphones. <laughs> and then, yeah, he, this guy, he's sick. So he, he talks to Fodderbox like, yeah, Orion just saved the goddamn universe. And yeah. we get some really cool, like, small panels of the earlier issues, which are sick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, um, I can't let Orion die here. And also Fodderbox, fuck you, and throws him into space. <laughs> He literally yeets the father box. <laughs> and then he waits to the last minute and deflects all the beam or the cannon fire with his last ounce of his power. And then does some it's cool so ass good. Jedi stuff and teleports them out of there, basically. Yeah. And there's a really good page of like, here's on the, the left. It's like a nine panels. Yeah. Um, and like on the left side, there's the green lantern guy doing his thing in the middle. There's Canis major being like, Oh, I could kill the, the green flame or whatever it is. They're, they're calling him. And then he sees on the right side, uh, <laughs> is a parademon or whoever, who's going to try to kill Orion here. Yeah. And, um, Canis Major shoots the parademon because he's like, I can't see any more sons die. Um, <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. The, the line of panels where he looks over on the panel and sees the other guy in the panel next to him is so cool. It's so cool. It's fucking Nancy shit. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, and then Darkseid shows up and is like, oh, Fatherbox is here. So Ryan was definitely back. Uh, guy on the comms, come with me tomorrow. We're going to have a talk about what's impossible and what's not impossible. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a really good um backup this is the album milgram backup yes. right uh-huh. um of of the green lantern um and sort of like what he gets up to immediately after this and basically um he has a knife <laughs> some ra- yeah some random people try to mug him and he pulls the coolest knife ever on them and it like slashes up their clothes and a guy is wearing mother boxers which is really funny <laughs> So fucking goofy. And he goes home with Darkseid sitting in his chair, like he does. It's Darkseid's favorite thing to do, is just be sitting in a chair when you get home. <laughs> to be honest, um, if I was an evil dictator, that would be the coolest thing to do to someone, just to show up in their this, seat. It's the Darth Vader, you know? Darth yeah. Vader does this, Darkseid does this. 
Um, yeah. And and Dark Fl- or, or or Dark Side is like, listen, I've let you live all these centuries because you're useful to me. Um, you put fear into the heart of the hunger dogs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, uh, <clears throat> um, but and then he like smacks the shit out of him. He's like, don't ever fuck with my shit. Don't don't ever fuck me up. I'll let you live. Um, and uh, the the Green Lantern guy is just like, damn, sucks to get hit by Dark Side. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a sick issue. But it's so good. The next so issue good. is where things get weird for a bit because the next issue is um the Joker fish infecting guy from Apocalypse. <laughs> Yeah, everybody remembers that classic DC crossover, Joker Last Laugh. Everybody remembers and loves this, and um, uh, we can we we could go through these two issues real quick. Basically, well, just that uh, the, 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 this issue opens with two guys who are running protection oh, rackets right. on homeless shelters. Yes, yes, which is a wild thing, and they're yes. ri- they're written like fifties gangsters. Uh huh. Um, and then, like, Orion, like, Terminator shows up in the alley, um, basically, <laughs> yeah. because, because what, what the Green Lantern guy had done is he's just like, I'll just teleport you out to Earth, you know, I'll just get you away from Apocalypse. And he meets um, up with a veteran, I want to say. Yeah, like a Vietnam vet, I think. Yeah. Um, who, like, takes him in and, like, nurses him back to health. Uh, meanwhile, Slig of the Deep Six <laughs> has a Joker face on him now for reasons that are stupid and not worth addressing. <laughs> well, I believe the thing to go very simply, I believe Slig was like, damn, this Joker guy's pretty cool. What if I did that? Yeah. Because he's locked in like yeah. a jail cell watching clips of the Joker on the news. Yeah. <laughs> it's really goofy. Also, he hates Oprah. He's like, I, I will <laughs> blow up the earth because I had to watch Oprah in jail. <laughs> Just fucking stupid. So yeah, stupid fucking bullshit. And what's happening? Like Darkseid is talking to Mortala about the father box and all the stuff that's happening. Orion beats up mm. these guys that are trying to get money out of homeless people. And there's a giant fish. And then the backup story, or the, the the actual okay, the best part of this issue is the Joker gag on the last page, which is actually pretty yes, good. Yes, I absolutely agreed. Because <laughs> um, his, his guys like this is pretty bad, Joker. What's going to happen? And he's like, okay. Go pull that lever on the wall, and the guy goes and pulls it, and it drops a giant acne weight on him, killing him. And the Joker says the same line that the guy just said. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and the backup is it's, Eddie. it's my favorite thing. Uh huh. Also, Joker's um, like a weird like oh, monster yeah. here, which is I guess that's part of that crossover. I never read it. Yeah, I've never read the Joker Last Laugh stuff. I think I'd heard of it one or two and times. And the backup but... here is Eddie Campbell doing an inner gang mob story about like people buying apocalyptic weapons. Yeah, it's pretty um, cool. And like, and like one of uh, Dark Side's attendants is like, um, "Hey, inner gang is up to some stuff." And uh, Dark Side is like, "You know what? I like inner gang. They're on my good side." <laughs> yeah, and so the part of this. Is we're reintroduced to the guy from earlier in the comic. Uh, I, is it is it Arceus Wolfram? Wolfram Wolfram Arcanus. Yeah. yeah, who is literally a vampire capitalist. Yes, he's like literally a guy um, who feeds on other people's energy. Like that's his actual power. So it's like the least subtle version of that metaphor you've ever seen in your life. Yes, 
And basically, so, like, Orion goes out and, like, he gets out of his coma and he's like, I just need a light workout. I'm just going to go beat the piss out of Slig for a bit. Um, <laughs> there's some and, cool um, pages in this, too. Like, there's, a, there's one that's like a 12-panel breakdown of just Orion punching him in the face yeah. nine times in a row. Or there's like these one. There's one with like Slig has all these like fish uh, that have these spikes on them, and then the spikes shoot out, and they're actually rockets the whole time. <laughs> yeah, and then um, so the end of this <laughs> issue of this fight, they have a big fight for most of the issue. This issue has three epilogues. Uh, epilogue one. <laughs> oh, real quick, can I say one thing yeah, from yeah, the fight? Sure. <laughs> Um, so Slig puts his hand on Orion, and he's like, have you, have you forgotten the power of the right hand of Orion, the power of pure destruction? And there's three panels of him just, like, electrocuting, um, Orion. And then Orion is like, let me return, uh, your favor threefold. And then there's nine panels on the next page of him just <laughs> punching Slig. <laughs> so good. Uh, but, yeah... Uh, he wins the fight, and he throws Slig into a boom tube, going back to Apocalypse. And there's three epilogues in the issue. The first epilogue is mm-hmm. a bird flying through the jungle with Joker's face on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One panel. <laughs> the second epilogue is uh, Darkseid catching Slig and going, ah, Orion is alive. Good. And then the third epilogue is Orion getting got by special forces flying Apocalyptian weapons. <laughs> Yes, yes. Uh, it's that Wolfram guy, like, kidnaps him, and they've, uh, yeah. And they're all like, we, we we got our target in one minute 45, not bad. They, like, <laughs> you know, they, like slam like a thing that. on his head so he can't see, and then they grab him with, like, these giant claws, and then bash his arms where his harnesses are with giant hammers. Which is, it's very goofy looking, but it's very efficient, which is a very funny thing. Yes. And then we yes. cut to the uh, the cover of the next issue is, uh, <laughs> which, uh, I'm blowing up here. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, real, real quick. I remembered something that I wanted to mention, uh, cause it was my, it's the funniest joke in this whole series and we, we totally skipped over oh, it. Yeah. Um, cool. in issue 19, I think, um, uh, dark side and, um, uh, what's her name, Mortala, are having a, a conversation, and she's filling him in on what happened while he was off Apocalypse, and she's like, and Dar- and Dasad died. Dark said, <laughs> says, again? <laughs> Sometimes the comics are funny. very funny when they want to be. Yeah. So, uh, issue 21 is Orion, uh, the cover is Orion, like, latched down to a giant metal slab with blood leaking everywhere. Mm-hmm. Spelling out Orion, and we learn that he has been uh, locked up by these guys, and he doesn't have eyes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Brandon Sanderson furiously taking notes on this issue, and then um, that's Wolf- a Mistborn joke for your people. Oh, okay, and then Wolfram shows up to this place where they're feeding him like slop every hour or something, and then he's like an old, like eighty-year-old guy, and he walks through Kirby Crackle literally, and becomes like a thirty-five-year-old. T- yeah. It's sick. Um, and he like is like, I have a meeting that I'm trying to be precisely 47 minutes late to. <laughs> and then we cut to a rock. Um, we cut to Metron being like, okay, this is my stuff. It was on Earth mm. where I found it. Good. I'm good at this job. <laughs> <laughs> it's back- only taken me six issues to get this far. <laughs> and we cut back to Ryan being like all in his thoughts because he's like been captured. 
he was evil. Mm-hmm. He did all this bad stuff. And he's like, am I punishing myself by getting captured for this thing I shouldn't be ca- punishing myself for anymore? And he's like pissed at yeah. himself for getting captured now. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, I've I've been... I've just been letting this vampire guy feed off of me for seven months because I've been so depressed about how I use the anti-life equation and stuff. But, like, is is self-imposed exile, like, is me doing this to myself actually any justice for, um, for my actions? Um, and he's just like, no, justice would be, like, you know, someone else you know, doing this, not just like letting myself be in this situation. Yeah. And so and he that, just breaks out. He's just, he's well, Orion. He just breaks out. <laughs> well, no, we cut to light Ray who found the harness pits in the middle of the ocean. Right. Yeah. And before we get back to that, we cut to a good joke that I liked where the guy's off to his meeting and he mentions he wants to go to make a quick stop at the Kurtzberg exit or Kurtzberg museum where they're having a William Blake exhibit, which Kurtzberg is Jack Kirby's real last name. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's a nice shout-out there. And then uh, the t- Orion's like, okay, fuck it, we're doing this. And he starts screaming really, really loudly, or, like, quietly mm-hmm. at first, and louder and louder and louder, and then the guys shock him with a bunch of electricity, and the power goes out in the block. And they're like, okay, fine, we're mm-hmm. good, we just need more power. And then Lightray shows up behind them because he's heard the scream. Yeah. And he blasts um. them. <laughs> Lightray fucking gets their asses. And then there's a sick sequence. So Light Ray gives Orion back the piece of his harness. And then he does the thing where he, like, pulls it all together. And then he slams his arm together to make the gauntlets. Then pulls his arms out. And then it makes his costume around him. And it's, those pages are so sick. It's so good. And then he's, like, tells tells Light Ray a bunch of exposition-y stuff that actually works. It doesn't feel like, oh, I'm just expo- exposition for the sake of exposition. It's, like... He's explaining, like, I realized uh, in my contemplation that, like, I the the Astro Force is the wrath of the source, <clears throat> which is too many rhyming words for me to say well. <laughs> um, and he's just, like, telling Light Ray, like, all the stuff he realized during his captivity. And it's like, oh, our boy grew and changed over the course of the story. Imagine. <laughs> and also, like, the Kirby Crackled is the best here. Because it's like concentrated yes. around his arms where his gauntlets are, and then he like pulls it out to make his costume, and then smashes it back into like all be around himself. It's sick. It's so good. He puts his hand so out good. for his mother box, and it comes back to his hand and starts beeping like erratically, going "Hi, how's it going?" <laughs> <laughs> it's great. And they blo- it's it's so cute that it's just like R two D two like ping ping oh, yeah. ping. <laughs> and now we get to the daredevil part of this book. <laughs> yeah. It's- <laughs> Orion becomes Daredevil for five issues for reasons I'm unclear on, but are fucking cool. Specifically, <laughs> the Nocenti Daredevil, where he goes off to find himself after like the big event happens. Like, it's, yeah, it's the same yeah, stuff. Absolutely, where he's just like walking the streets. He's like throwing um, people out of like mobster places. <laughs> yeah, he's like you know, like he like this first issue of this arc, uh, issue twenty two. He's, like, sitting in this bar listening to, like, the mob guys in the way that Daredevil would and then, like, um, breaks their guns and stuff. But all this Daredevil shit that he gets up to is made even better because, um, like, all the people have apocalypse weapons. Yeah. <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> <laughs> they have, like, all these, like, cartoonishly huge pistols they're pointing at everyone. <laughs> 
Walt Simonson and I agree on one thing, and it's that Jack Kirby drawing pistols is the coolest shit in the world, and so he draws so many Jack Kirby pistols yeah, uh, um, through this whole set. Sadly, this issue, these issues also have uh, the character of Melissa, who is yeah. a, a very unfortunately colored Asian character, and I'm not putting this to the feet of the creators of this book, because I know like there are blog posts from like people like Ron Wimberly and stuff that are like, these are like company policies that you cannot get away from so we don't know who it's from but it's from like dc of the era basically which is yeah bullshit certainly certainly could be like at simonson's feet or at the colorist's feet but like it's hard to assign blame here it sucks no matter who whose fault it is because you know she stands out so much in these issues yes absolutely it's just bad also just like you know uh, regardless of company policy, it's like weird that like the Asian character is the one character who has pink hair that in the too, whole yes. series, uh-huh. you know? <clears throat> um, just weird, weird vibes. Not like, good. He's like a Don't kid like sidekick it. for like two issues, which is that's the thing though is that like Orion gets a kid sidekick uh, is actually like a cool little arc for him. Yeah. I do like um, because basically Orion is trying to take down um, Wolfram. An inner gang, and um, we're trying to find out who uh, this guy is and like take out his operation from within, basically. Yeah, and so like Melissa becomes, yeah, his his kid sidekick through this all. Um, and he's like trying to keep her safe, but also like kind of putting her in harm's way here and there. Um, and it's like fine because he's a Ryan, he's gonna protect her, yeah, you know. Um, there's a there's, there's parts of it that are cool too. Like, there's a part in 20, 23 where he goes to confront the mob boss in charge of all this. And the, mm-hmm. the, there are like six guys who come up behind him with the, the Kirby guns and pull them all on him. And he's like, you know, I'm Orion, right? And then he does uh, the animation <laughs> smear to like super speed to move out of the way. Yes. Yes. As, as his face dissolves into the side of the panel and they'll start shooting. It's great. <laughs> um, God. Um, this is like some of the... This is, like, some of the weakest stuff in the whole series to me, and I still am really affectionate toward this. Yeah, I yeah. still really like this. I also, also just... it's really cute. Oh, go ahead. Uh, there, there's a really cute bit right before what you just mentioned where Melissa um, is looking through a peephole into the office uh, where the, the main bad guy is working, um, and then she just falls asleep there because she hasn't slept in, like, a day. Yeah. I really like Inner Gang as a concept, basically, which is, like... Yeah. Like... If you were Inter- if you were the Interpol, but for gangs. No, it's like it's like <laughs> if you were the gang in Metropolis and you learned of the fact that there are these space aliens with like crazy weapons, of course you get into that. Yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Also, I'm pretty sure Inner Gang is a big part of uh Superman the Animated Series. I'm uh, that this is ringing a bell for sure because um, I believe that they're like the they're the thing they have to find when they have to find like crime guys to be in Superman episodes basically. I think so. Yeah, because yeah. Turpin also is a yeah, much yeah. bigger character in um the animated series, and so putting him against Inner Gang feels right in my head anyway. Also, Orion does the thing where he at the end of the issue he sees the yeah. he gets the guy to tell him like the the guy you want is the guy over there in that helicopter taking out from that huge building. And he's like, okay, cool. Motherbox, track him. And then he goes to let the guy live like Goku and Frieza. And then the guy's like, nah, fuck mm-hmm. it. I'm shooting you. And then he grabs the bullet and throws it back in the gun. 
the gun blows up and the shrapnel like gets impaled in, into this guy. It's so good. <laughs> well, the gun blows up because he goes to shoot him again and he throws the bullet into the other bullet. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. That's what it is. It's sick. And then the day is saved. The building blows up. The, the people that mm-hmm. we want to get out of there get out of here. And Orion goes to the final battle. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> and this cover of 24... <sighs> Is, I am I am become death, destroyer of worlds. And it's the most movie poster-ass <laughs> thing in the world because it's half orange and half teal. Yes. And so um, the basic plot of this issue is that uh, Wolfram knows that Orion's coming for him because, like, obviously Orion broke out and is breaking up his mob boss and stuff. So it's like, he's going to come for him. And Darkseid mm. finds out that um, they sold this guy a time machine, basically. Yeah, and, he's like, and Orion's like, you're not supposed to sell time machines. <laughs> it's We have one rule around here. It's like, and Darkseid's <laughs> also like, why the fuck did you sell this guy a fucking time machine? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like yelling at him, like, okay, well, what if he beats Orion? It's like, okay, fine, go, make, make it happen, whatever. And then Orion yeah. goes to Metron to get his chair. He's like, okay, I'm not going to... Yeah. And they talk because Metron's still analyze, <laughs> analyzing the soil of the stupid fucking black <laughs> thing from like eight issues ago. It's great. <laughs> it's so stupid because he probably got like like distracted by like sixty different things in the middle of all this. Yeah, he's like, "Why is there so much nitrogen in the soil here? I must analyze where the nitrogen came from, or whatever." You and know, Orion's here, and he's like talking to him. He's like, "Okay, I need your chair." And he's like, "He's like, why would I give you my chair?" He's like, "Look at my face," and he sees his eyes are gone. He's like, "Okay, you would get my chair yeah, because you have the chair because humans can't fuck with us." Mm-hmm. And it's sick because what is happening is Wolfram has set a trap for what he thinks is going to work against Orion on the place where the United States detonated the first hydro uh, nuclear bomb. Mm-hmm. Thermonuclear bomb. Uh, the, Atoll- the Mike Ivy test, I think it's yes. called. And the best part, this this whole this whole aspect of this issue is sick, because we learned what Wolfram's plan, plot, his story, which was that he was a guy in a town a long time ago, and learned while he was torturing people that he could absorb their energy and stay young. So he just did that throughout time. In different forms. Yeah. And he's like giving um, this huge monologue. Like basically we get the backstory of him. Uh-huh. And then we get him in like this spacesuit looking thing that I think is supposed to it's protect him from yeah. the blast. Uh-huh. Or, um, and then like, yeah, Matt Orion, who still looks like Matt Murdock, shows up <laughs> and is just like he's just standing next to the nuke in jeans and shit. Um, the best part too, Eddie, like, is so yeah. Um, he because Wolfram's talking like he's like, okay, I got this set up. All the bombs are here. We're good. I read all the files. The files all say Ryan's gonna run in here like a crazy person, and I'm gonna blow him up. Everything's gonna be great. We got this team. We did it. Mm-hmm. Good job. And then Orion walks around the corner of the bomb, going, "This thing's fucking sick, isn't it?" Yeah, and he like <laughs> describes like, "Oh, it's 165,000 tons, and you know it can fly so many miles, and blah blah blah." Um, and, and then, then he like <laughs> Wolfram goes to blow up at the bomb, and he hits the button and jumps like a cartoon character, and no one's moving. And then Orion's like, and he basically almost does the Mar- the Marvin the Martian. Uh, where is the huge huge kaboom? 
<laughs> and Ryan's like, you motherfucker, we're playing with time now. I went back in time three days and turned off all your bombs. Because <laughs> yes. they're apocalyptic yes. weapons. You probably didn't look at what they how they worked. You don't know, understand how yeah. this works, you moron. <laughs> yes. Um and um I love the 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 monologue that um uh Orion gives here of just like um <laughs> Because he's like, no one worships you new gods, blah, blah, blah. And, um, like, Orion just, like, explains the nature of the new gods. And I don't want to read the whole monologue here, but um, it's just good. He's just like, each time a mortal turns on a computer, puts a piece of bread in the toaster, opens a door, strikes a match, or wonders at the stars, every living thing uh, dedicates its life to our service. Um, And, uh, because, yeah, it's like, the thing that... Kirby conceptualizes that, like, the new gods are, like, these mythic beings for a, like, technologically driven 20th century, um, and so, like, Simonson bringing it back to that, um, in these last moments is such, like, a good little nod, um, and for him to be, like, giving this monologue as he sits in the Mobius chair and they're about to detonate the first hydrogen bomb is, like, it's it's so over the top silly. It's great. <laughs> and the best. So there's cutting between all this, and then Orion ends it on one of the best bits of this whole thing of issues is he says to him, "Remember, Ar- Arnicus, anyone can have eternal life. The trick is not to die. So call for help on your cell phone. Use your pager. Send a fax. Get someone to take you off this atoll before they usher in the darkest dawn. Our visitor Donnie teleports away, and the guy's like, "But how can I? It's 952, and I can't see." And then Ryan's like, nothing's really changed, has it, for a while. And then everything blows up. It's great. It's so good. He he lets this guy get fucking nuked. By him, <laughs> by his own plan. Yes. Yes. Um, oh, and then we cut to, like, Dark Side back on Apocalypse being like, oh, looks like Orion's good, still alive. Good for him. Cause oh right, because Orion sends him the, the, the time bender back. Yeah, the, um, the strap of it. <laughs> And says, don't do this again. <laughs> and then he t- he tells Justine to like, okay, you can be the sod for now, fine. But watch out. <laughs> yeah. And then the Ar- sod keeps dying. I'd hate if you died too. <laughs> and then Orion goes to the, um, he goes to a newspaper vendor to buy the newspaper of the day that that bomb went off. It happens to be the top yeah. newspaper. <laughs> and he just wonders, I wonder who won the World Series that year. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, that's the other thing is that like earlier in this issue he remembers like all this stuff about like <clears throat> you know the exact time that the bomb is going to go off you know the tonnage all this stuff but because he's the god of war you know he remembers all that stuff he does not remember who won the world series <laughs> and then we cut to 25 yeah 20- 25 which feels like Feels like both an ending and an epilogue oh, at yeah, the same sure. time. It helps that it's a double size issue again. Yeah. Um, and it opens <clears> with Children of the Pack. It opens with Scott coming up to Orion, who's moping in a park. Mm-hmm. And Orion sees the crown of the Anti Life Equation around Scott's head and attacks him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, Scott, you have the Anti Life. <laughs> what the fuck? Um,. <laughs> Oh, it's sick. Sorry, I dropped something there. No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, and and Scott, basically, 
uh, Scott uh, is he's here. He's going to try to cheer up Orion. He's like, hey, we're basically brothers, even though, you know, uh, we didn't grow up together. But like we we have this like bond that's weird. And I feel like it's my job to like help you out when you're going through this dark time. Uh, and so he takes him to dinner with Barda um, and they catch up a little bit about the whole eyes thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a frog. And what Scott ends up telling him. Oh yeah, there's a frog. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and what Scott ends up telling him is that Scott found out as a young person on Apocalypse that this whole time he has possessed the anti-life equation. And he found this out because one day he sees there's like fighting between like some hunger dogs and some parademons on um, Apocalypse. And he shouts stop and everybody stops and then like drops dead, basically. And he's like, he realizes in that moment that he has the anti-life. Um, and he's like, it's like, you know, this ironic like curse put upon Scott, you know, in some way that like, you know. The person who is the representation of freedom possesses within him uh, the anti-life equation. Yeah. Uh, and this is this is so good. This is the best Mr. Miracle story, I think. It's really cool. Um, this is fucking incredible. <laughs> and like, it makes... You cut back to 15 where Scott is the black racer and he can't be possessed by the anti-life equation because he already has the anti-life equation. Right, and the yeah. And the people with him can't be possessed with it because he has it and is doing stuff around that too and then yeah they get, he's like insulating barda from that basically and he he's the best person to have it because he won't use it theoretically mm-hmm. and the rest of the issue is so they get attacked by a bunch of parademons like it happens and scott gets knocked yeah. out and there's a whole story in here that's because of scott did this tragedy he goes to this place every day to leave a flower for it as a, like, mm. a memorial to it, and he can't because he's knocked out, so Orion says, I'll go do it. Sure. Yeah. And then, so we, um, we cut to... <laughs> go ahead. We cut to... Orion goes in Mr. Miracle's outfit um, to to lay the flowers there, and he gets ambushed, and he's basically like, hey, Darkseid, you stupid motherfucker, it wasn't Mr. Miracle, it was me the whole time. <laughs> well, he gets caught right away, and that's like the sign number one that something's up. Yeah. He gets caught in like one of those big ass things from one of the Kirby covers of Mr. Miracle, like the, the full like casket thing with only his head popping out of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> sick. And he gets caught in front of Darkseid, and then um, he just tries up the Astro Force and blows it all up, because he's like... <laughs> yes. Yes, it's so good. Um, and it's like, yeah, of course Scott didn't get fucking captured. Are you kidding? He's Mr. Miracle. His thing is that he doesn't get captured. <laughs> and then um, uh, the best part about, so he goes on a rampage. It's great while time's in action. He like Kirby crackles it up, blows everything up. It rolls. He like, yeah, he, he basically comes off a tank and then turns back into Ryan and starts blowing everyone up with his guns. Um, yeah. And then we cut back. So he lays the flowers and we think the issue's done because he like yells at Apocalypse. So like Orion's back. Watch out. And then we cut back mm-hmm. to Scott and Barda. And then Metron shows up like, ah, Mr. Equation, how's it going? I figured out yeah. who it was <laughs> a million years later. Yeah. It only took me. T- <laughs> it only took me a million years. And, and he's like, listen, listen, I won't tell anybody that you have the anti-life. 
as long as you just go steal a bunch of stuff from Darkseid for me. Um, and obviously that's, you know... Using the Antilife equation. Yeah. And then Ryan shows up and he's like watching this in the background. And he's like, fuck. Mm. <laughs> Scott did me a solid. I can't, I can't uh, you know, not pay him back. And so... He goes back to the park where he secretly buried the time bender the whole time, um, and just goes back to issue ten, issue fifteen, or whatever it was, and just because because this all started because Metron like found the remnants oh, the of armor. the uh, the Black Raper robot, Black Racer robot. Ooh, weird, uh-huh. <laughs> weird misspeak there. Anyway, um, he finds the um, uh, the remnants of the Black Racer robot and just takes them away, so that then Metron comes along and is like, huh, I don't have any leads. Oh, well. Yeah, I think, I think he just blows them up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he uses the Astro Force to blow it up, and then the Mother Box, like, you know, erases any traces and, and they were there. like, huh, I definitely saw something here in my instruments, but nothing's here now. And, yeah. And then we see the panels just slowly, like, uh, there's a panel of Scott and Barta talking and it just slowly turns back into the present where we were, but without Metron there. Yeah. There's like a, there's like, there's like a panel of them in color and then there's like an interlude panel of them in pencil, uh-huh. you know? Um, like not even like fully inked. It doesn't, it doesn't look like, I no, think it, it probably is, but it's like supposed to look not inked. Um, and then, yeah, like them having a conversation as if, um, you know, um, none of this had ever happened. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Scott's like, he's like, listen, I'll go drop off the flowers. And then Barda, I'll tell you the secret I've been keeping from you the whole time. And so he's going to tell her all about the anti-life stuff. And that's cool. And then there's a big <clears throat> splash page. Big splash page. We got High Father and Dark Side and Mr. Miracle and Orion. And Orion is like going to go back to Genesis Um and he doesn't know what anybody's going to think of him because he hasn't stopped by ever since the whole anti-life thing. Um, <laughs> but it's it's just a, it's just a good ending, yeah. you know. And then the book ends, and we've been going for two hours. We have been going for two fucking hours, um, and I have two more episodes of Batman to watch before this podcast, so we should probably wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, I have heard about one of those. <laughs> this book's ep- incredible. I've heard about one of those episodes of Batman. <laughs> Some low rent stuff watched, in the future. <laughs> I watched the uh, the Harley's Holiday one. I thought that one was all right. I know M is going to hate it. I know M, I think M did hate it, uh, but I thought it was fine. You, so you have like a bad fun. Judge Dredd in the future, by the way. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, these are comics rule. These are incredible. We just spent two hours summarizing them for you because it's just like. I just want to, like, I was so ecstatic about every single, like, page turn of this whole series. Like, the, like, the storytelling and the craft and the, like, just everything top to bottom that happens in this, in this book is incredible. And, like, it feels, on some level, it feels, like, a little silly to just, like, summarize it in as much detail as we did and that Uh be the podcast. But also just, like... The story is so good. I wanted to tell everybody the story. Like, go read these comics. It's like the way that like superhero comics don't ever get to be 25 issues of a story being told. 
You know? Yeah. Like, this is, like, the thing that I always want from superhero comics, where they're sort of self-contained, but they sort of connect to the larger universe. It's all one creator and his vision and his storytelling, and it's just, it's fucking incredible. It's the, some of the best fucking comics you can read. Stop listening to me talk about it and go read them. Yeah. And it's, like, the last <laughs> gasp of that happening, too. Yeah, it's like it's like this, and then right after this, Gotham Central is going to happen, and then for the next 15 years, it's going to be like New 52, reboots every five minutes, like, like n- no one gets to make comics like this anymore, at least in the big two, you know, you know yeah. Image is a different thing, um, you know, all, there are other pl- places where people get to do this, but not at the big two, That's- this is like the last... Yeah. Especially in, like, art, too. Like, this is 23 issues of Walt Simonson drawing back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back. Like, that just stops happening yeah, like, in Big Two Comics, like, entirely. Yeah, like, um, one of my, one of my favorite um, New 52 series is um, the Becky Cloonan, uh, or, is that her name? My, yes, that, that's um, the name of a person in comics. Is that the right? Is, is, the, is the Batgirl, the Batgirl oh, um, uh, series. That there's the there's the one guy who's a creep that's a writer on that, and then it's uh it's Babs Tar. Yes, it's ba- Babs Tar. Babs Tar, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, I, I and I I love that, um, and then like Babs Tar like only draws like twelve of the twenty issues in that series because like the production demands of comics are fucking insanity, and no one's able to do it. No one's able to keep up anymore. You know, um. It just sucks, and I I, ha- I hate fill-in issues from other artists. Even when even when they're good fill-in issues, even when the other artists do a good job, I just want to see one artist on a series from beginning to end, and I don't think that's an unreasonable ask. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, the superhero comics just aren't good like this anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's a dying um, part of this. Medium. I guess Unbeatable Squirrel Girl is one of these. Yeah. Uh, and Unbeatable Squirrel Girl is a very good one of these, even. Like but, you know. Some of, like, the... So I can think of a couple of things that are like this. Like, um... I know this... Isn't the, oh, I actually don't know, because I don't know if the art stays consist, as consistent in a lot of stuff. It's always... Like, I know that Snyder does a whole bunch of Batman, but I don't know if the same... Like, Capullo's not drawing I'm, all that. I, I, I believe... I do believe that Capullo draws all 52 issues of New 52 Batman. That would be and then the I think only one of those that, series that does one, that. Yeah, I, I think... Because I believe Batman is the only New 52 series that um, has, like, a consistent writer-artist team. I think every other New 52 series, like, changed up a bunch. Yeah, that um, was when it, like, broke bad for that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. The new fifty. Well, and and now, like with Re- ever since Rebirth, like ever since twenty sixteen, like all the DC stuff puts out two issues a month, and so it's even worse now yeah. in some ways. Um, <sighs> but yeah, this this shit's fucking incredible. This shit's this is the best shit in the world. Um, and you know, not only this, you get like all these backups, so you do get to see other, you do get to see other artists. You know, Walt Simonson doesn't have to carry the whole load himself. Um, but it's like planned in advance. It's not just uh-huh. like, oh, somebody couldn't hit a deadline and so somebody else has to come in, you know? <laughs> um, he just draws the good punching guys, this too. This is incredible. He's so good at drawing punching guys! <laughs> <laughs> he just rules at it, is the thing. Like, you can't beat him. Yeah, that's the th- All I want, all I want from comic books 
is for draw if for it to be cool, wouldn't guys punch guys? You know? And this de- delivers for 25 issues. You know? <laughs> okay, I just had an idea. Uh, okay. I gotta figure out how long this book is before I pitch this. Yeah, because we have we have not settled our, our next book yet. Uh how long is this book? Hmm. Uh, seven? No, that's too long. Seven hundred okay. pages. Um, um, we did talk about Hellboy last time. Do we want to do any Hellboy? <laughs> that feels kind of weird after doing Simonson right now. Yeah, yeah. I Mignola is the other like big inheritor of Kirby shit in my mind, and so yeah, doing and he's definitely doing he's Hellboy definitely a fan after Simonson Thor. Um, <clears throat> I'm looking. Have you? I assume so. Have you read Cages by Dave McKean? No. It's a. It is a book that I have on my shelf right now because um, it's Nia's book, but it is too big for any of the shelves in her home at present. Um, and it's just like, it's it's a big fucking book. Let me see how long it is. Cages, Dave McKean. Oh, I'm just I'm currently just looking at my shelf and being like, can't do Poe Clan, that's too long. Yeah, do we want to do like a manga next? Could we like narrow it down to like, oh, we'll do manga, we'll like go in a different direction than what we just did. I have a book that it's not online, so I don't know how easy we could do it. What did you have? Do you know what Space Academy one, two, three is? Mm, no, I do not. Um it is uh, let me just send you this link. Uh, so it's a Mickey Z comic uh, that is... This looks cute. It is basically a bunch of strips about uh, people going to space school. <laughs> um, yeah, I wish there was like a digital version of this. doesn't seem like there is. Yeah, it's... Um, uh, it looks cute, though. It, um, I know it's available like everywhere because it was printed by... Um, Yeah, it looks like you could just order it through Amazon, even, um, if you wanted to do that. Because that's what I just... I just Googled Space Academy 123. Yeah. I don't... Uh, we could do... Oh, we could just think about it. And yeah, we can just think about it, it and I can edit something in. Yeah. I'll just... Yeah, I'm going to mark this and just... We'll edit it in later. Okay. Um, Hi, friends. It's Autumn coming at you from the editing room just to let you know that we settled on Judge Dredd, The Complete Case Files, number five. Hey, recruit, this is Judge Dredd. Now, if you want to get ready for the next episode of Coffee and Comic Books, you better pick up... What's it called? (laughs) The Complete Case Files. The Complete Case Files, number five. I love you so much. It's in a prog. You're... (laughs) You're talking into the wrong side of the microphone, so this probably sounds terrible, but thank you for your service. Otherwise, Judge Dredd. my Judge Dredd voice would sound really good. <laughs> that was actually um, Carl Urban. It's Carl Rural, actually. It's the- <laughs> <laughs> well, Rick, before we get out of here, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on the internet at Combatler Rick V. Uh, not on that new site because no idea what's going on with that. <laughs> Blue sky. Yeah. I signed up for the wait list. I don't know. I want Twitter to work, and if Blue Sky is going to be Twitter working, then I, I might 
you yeah, know, I'm in the same boat. There. But until then, I'm one of those people that's like, yeah, Twitter's the one that worked for me. I don't know why, but it's the one. Yeah, I, I've done my best with co-host, and I do like co-host, but um, I just I don't use it as much as Twitter. Anyway, until that time, you could find you me fun? on oh, Twitter yeah. at autumnal underscore coffee. You can go to cohost.org slash autumnal. I put up show notes for our number five episodes. Um, trying to get back in the habit of doing those because I do think they make the podcast better. Uh, There's some and... show notes for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Um and exportodd.io takes you to our Patreon page. We've got links to the free feeds there. For a dollar a month, you get a bunch of shows early, like Gotham City Limits and uh, Ornate Stairwells and a bunch of others. And for $5 a month, yeah, you can listen to our last episode about number five. Um, you can listen to our Billy Bat episodes. You can listen to our Airtight Garage episode. You know, a bunch of stuff is behind that little paywall there. Um, and so we really appreciate all the help. Uh, and if you're listening to this and you're a $5 patron, thank you so much. We also, we also uh, have plans, but they're all in future after other things are yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. We had we like <laughs> two or three guests that are all like, oh, ask me in the summer. And so it's like, oh, shit, we just got to kick the can down the road to the summer. <laughs> yes. But those will be fun. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about all those plans. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, we'll see you next time with whatever it is we're covering that we will edit in later. You'll have already heard it by now. Um, uh, and just thank you for listening to probably our longest episode we've done. Yeah, easy. Yeah. Why is this? Too- oh, uh-huh. my God. <laughs> Yeah. That's what superhero comics does. We can talk about them forever. Yeah, I wanted. I wanted to do this. I'm. I'm so glad. I, I'm so glad. I... Uh, what if we do Anasanti Daredevil next? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's the other thing. If you listen to all this and now you don't want to read Orion because you know everything that happens, go read uh, Walt Simonson's Thor. Um, do not read the trade paperbacks of it. They recolor it. Um, you do go do go track down the single issues that I'm sure you can find in back issue bins or perhaps online and at various sources. Yeah. Um, for all I know, Marvel Unlimited has the original colors and the single issues. If that's a thing that you want to do, anyway. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. See you next time. <laughs>
Thank you.